Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howell. This is Toys by Chance, show where we come and talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, and sometimes music, and sometimes why. Uh, but, uh, today, <laughs> to this episode, we decided to take a look at movies celebrating their 15th year anniversary. We landed on the 40-year-old virgin after another another contested poll. This one was tight. This one was also tight. We got some like really good back-to-back polls here with like we did. neck and neck with these movies. Yeah, so we've been really, uh, really thankful for that. Yeah. So uh, and uh, we might have a special guest on to talk about. Actually, no. We, actually, I say might just in case it falls through. But in full disclosure, we're recording this the day before, so we don't know if we'll have him yet. But we might have a special <laughs> guest on to talk about Oreo version with us. Um, but before we do anything on this show, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. George Floyd, just because. I, I mean, it's, it's not a common I mean, situation, but I, I, I wouldn't feel good going through a regular show if we didn't talk about it. No, and I, figure, I, and I figure we would, too. So, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, so in, ca- in case you haven't heard, I imagine you have. But in case you haven't, um, yeah, George Floyd was a man who, uh, another victim of police brutality, he, okay, well, he, he was... He was brought in. He, he was ca- uh, he was caught after using a counterfeit bill at a deli, to which yeah, yeah a very relatively harmless crime. But the response to that, it's well, the, the arresting officer came and grabbed him, and just kneeled on his neck until he was dead. And I remember the the video of that was circulating everywhere, and it was. It is one of the most monumentally disturbing things I've ever seen. No, I mean, I, I agree. Like you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, how did we get from this situation to that situation? You know what I mean? Like how it's just it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, like he, he used a counterfeit money, which he might or he may or may not have known was counterfeit. And you're treating him like he fucking murdered five people. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It really is. Yeah, uh, since then, the arresting officer, I believe he was terminated, yes? Or if he wasn't, he should have been. Uh, he was arrested. He should I, he was I arrested. Imagine, I imagine he was, I imagine they would have terminated him. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. Arrest is what I meant. I, I know he was terminated. I can't remember if he was arrested or not. He was arrested yeah. only recently, only after the fact, which I think is ridiculous. He should have been arrested, like, on spot. Yeah, I think it was, like, four days after. Yeah. That's, three days after. That's, that's, that's yeah. way too long to respond to this. And as a result of George Floyd, there have been protests, riots, looting, just a lot, a lot of things have been going down as a result of this. And oh, I mean, like even my like my uh, my city that I live in, right outside of it, they they were protesting uh, today. Um, literally, it's like eh, about ten minutes from where I live, and then where I went to college at in Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio, they were they were uh, protesting, and then in Pittsburgh. They were protesting too, so yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's making its wave everywhere, you know. And I think I think it's a good thing that people are protesting. And, and I can't. I don't know if I've ever seen because look, this is a thing that happens entirely too often. Like yeah. people people who are victim of police of police brutality. This is a thing that and who get who lose a lot because of it. This is a thing that happens entirely too often. But I I can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen a response this this widespread. This a yeah, response I mean, this it's, huge. Yeah, it like wildfire. It really is. It's it is. um it's really, you know, just to see like what, what this has done. I think this is something I mean it, it it's gonna take something like this to 
really shake the tree and wake people up. You know what I mean? It's, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's what we need, though. It's, it's absolutely what we need. Yeah. And it, it's only, this thing only got worse after I think it was our, you know, President Donald said, I, guess, I can't remember what the tweet said, but it was a long, it was a long time like, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, was basically him threatening to shoot people. Yeah. Which that just I mean, made things worse. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I, I completely agree with the peaceful assembly and stuff like that. I just don't want to see it get out of hand with the, you know what I mean, with the looting and then, especially like these like innocent shops and stuff like that that have to take the damage of, of the protesters, you know what I mean? That's the only thing I don't like about the whole situation just because you have people that have worked their whole entire lives to, you know, establish a, a business for themselves, you know? So you oh, you want it to be as peaceful as you possibly can. I, I agree with that, but at the same time, yeah. I, I can't blame people for being angry because I, no, I'm, uh, no. I'm angry. Yeah. But, and... When you ha- when this happens entirely too often, there's just no consequence. And when it feels like there's just no consequence, like you yeah. understand why people are doing the things they're doing. I mean, it makes sense because you know when you do assemble together and you do peacefully, it's like the message isn't heard. You know, what I mean, you can you can voice your you know opinions and your you know frustrations and angers and stuff like that, and then it just goes unheard. You know, it's one of those things where. You know when when is it going to be enough? You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. There, pe- there are people. I'm sure there are people still protesting as they as as they should. And but if you want to, you know, make a difference in another way, uh, you could. Uh, there are t- there are tons of things you can support. So let me just look up uh, the Floyd family's GoFundMe, which I'd be surprised if it didn't. Hit his goal already? I haven't checked. Oh, uh, they've they've already hit it. I think I'm it was sure like, they did. I checked it yesterday. It was like over three and a half million dollars. Yeah, but if you want those places you can donate. There's the Minnesota Freedom Fund, the Brooklyn Bail, the Brooklyn Bail Fund, the Bail Project, uh, Black Visions Collective, National Bail Fund Network, uh, Gas Mask Fund, the NCAAP, the the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Uh, there are a ton of places, and we'll be sure to link them all on our page because yeah, this is a very it's a very important issue. And this is one that I feel a great deal of. Uh, this, this is one that really affects me personally. And this is one I feel very strongly about. And yeah, George Floyd, you didn't deserve much like every victim of something like this. You didn't deserve what happened to you. Like, and it's sad, and it sucks. And I really hope that I, I really hope that this is a turn is a turning point because, like you said, this is a huge response from. People from all walks of life that enough is enough, and yeah, I mean you you have to. I mean, how how much you know longer does this go on before we all everybody look at each other and say, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. You know, this you know. So hopefully this is this is the wake up call that uh, America and just all around the world needs. You know, exactly. But yeah, uh, George Floyd, rest in peace. And if anything major happens after this, we will definitely keep you updated. Now to our regular stuff. First of which is. No oh boy! To this. Oh yeah, uh, we have our trailer rundown for the week, and Oof. we have some we have some interesting ones to talk about. <laughs> Say uh, first of which, uh, let's start with uh, Force of Nature. Which funny? Uh, every time I saw it, I thought it was in Force of Nature. I was like, why did they, did they remake the Ben Affleck movie from two thousand? Yeah, yeah. Oof. With uh, worse C- worse CGI. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, Force of Nature is a movie starring Mel Gibson, and they've already tuned up. Uh, Kate Bosworth. Kate Bosworth. 
like this is like the <laughs> Emil Hirsch. <laughs> yes. I don't know how they got these people. <laughs> it's what an interesting collection. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mill Hirsch. I'm like, what? Funny thing. Funny thing. If this film came out in like the early 2000s, it would have been the biggest thing on the planet. Oh, this thing would have been huge because Mill Hirsch was huge. Like you know, with like Alpha Dog into the Wild, Speed uh, Racer. You know, uh, Girl Next Door. Yeah, that's too. Wow, uh, this is rough. But Oof. yeah, uh, yeah. This, this trailer is not very good. <laughs> that's what Gosh, you think. It's so bad. It is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. This this trailer is not good. Um, and then what? Mel Gibson's character has to have an accent. Is it, kind of, is it a? I don't know what accent he's doing. Is it? Is it like broken? It sounds like almost like a New York accent. It's like, why do we need to do this? Like part Brooklyn, um, part New York. Yeah, I have no idea. But like, the special effects in this movie look awful. Like yeah. the storm coming looks so fake. Like I, I never thought. What never thought I'd miss the days of uh, Hurricane Ice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Hurricane Heist makes this movie. Yeah, Hurricane Heist looks like an Oscar winner compared to this movie. Oh, 100%. It's it's crazy. Like it, I I don't know. The budget for this film could not have been a whole lot of money. I would assume not. I would not be shocked. Uh, well, actually no. I am going to check now. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't find any budget on this one. It can't be it can't be that big, can it? I was about to just uh, about, about Lions. Budget, it shit. says budget twenty three million. What? That's uh, that's little, what IMDb has it. So that sounds too high. Uh, but that sounds about right. Yeah, and then most of that went to probably salaries. I would imagine in this film. Uh, yeah, Kate, Kate Bosworth, <laughs> really high demand. <laughs> I think he probably paid Mel Gibson the most, obviously. But obviously. like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, like we'll pay you extra as long as you don't call us. Please do not call us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, but yeah, Forces of Nature is set for a uh, June thirtieth, twenty twenty release. Uh, Digitally, of course, because nobody but, would see this in the theater. Yeah, the, even even yeah, even if theaters were open, this is going straight to digital. <laughs> Nobody's gonna. This movie is literally out out on a Friday, and that following Monday, it's out at the, the discount theater already. So. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Next show we're talking about is. Uh, is uh crap? What's this one? What is this one? The show must go on. No, that's not it. The old, the old guard. The old guard. Why did where did I get that from? The old guard. I was like, is this a Queen song? Uh, I I, I take a, I take a Queen song over what this trailer gave me. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I would agree. I would have to agree. This is okay. According to Wikipedia, this is not what the trailer shows. This is a superhero film. Got no vibe from that in this movie. Zero. There is like if you watch this trailer, there is no superhero vibe in this. No. Uh, and this star actually has like a pretty legit cast. Like, like I said, Char- Charlize Theron is in the movie. Uh, Charlize Theron. She was tell edgy for Kiki Lane from um, what's it called? If Bill Street Could Talk. Uh, Matthias Matthias Schoenhardt, Smallwood Kanzari, and it looks like a weird zombie movie. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like I was getting like a like a one of those like a kind of like apocalyptic zombie film type it's just this is really weird this is a really strange film yeah and this doesn't look very good it looks really bad it's it's a shame because you know charlie Starren's usually i mean this has been she's been gold in pretty much anything she does but this looks really really bad yeah and this it seems like a netflix movie it's directed by who, who, who made this gina prince bythewood what is she what is she made oh wow i'm sad now <laughs> 
she's the woman that directed Love and Basketball and Beyond the Lights. Oh wow! Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I, I never would have. I never would have put that together in my head because Love and Basketball is really good. If you haven't seen it, watch that. Beyond the Lights also really underrated. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on here. <laughs> but like even premise of the movie. It says a covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered. I didn't get that vibe at all from watching this trailer. No, not at all. That, 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 that's not at all what this trailer sells you sells you on. No, no, it sells you something completely different. It's almost like a like a Resident Evil movie or like a you know an Aeon Aeon Flux or something. Like it's it's really this, weird. It's a strange this, movie. This feels like whatever zombie movie that Zack Snyder made from Netflix that he's neglecting now. This must might be it. She's she's the fall. She's the fall woman to take for this. <laughs> she she took over production. It's, it's yeah. It's actually Zack Snyder actually was behind this, but they just didn't want to tell you. <laughs> Genius. Wow. Uh, so yeah. This is, so and this is it for a Netflix release on July tenth, twenty twenty. And we're zero for two so far in the trailers. Well, this one's gonna pick it back up because the next we're talking about is for what actually one of your most anticipated of the year, Antebellum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, still not a whole lot. Still not a whole lot of plot given in this, which we're mostly given just like setup shots and tone type and, like, things. But back backtracking, time time changing. Like there's gonna be some kind of time traveler, like flashbacks. I I don't know. There's some kind of something happening here. Oh, right? I, oh, I, I I would agree. I would agree. But I still think yeah. this movie looks. Even though I don't know what the bat, I'm still incredible. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I think uh, isn't Jordan Peele a producer on this? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, no, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, no, he is. He, is is he? he? He has to be because they said from the producer of what Get Out and Oz, didn't they? Oh, it's a producer, but but he but he's not producing it. Like it's not the production company, which I'm assuming would be on uh, oh, it. If okay, if if he was, but still, you know, so from those same from the same people who brought you those two movies, uh, comes this, and yeah, I think I'm still massively intrigued in what's going on. Yeah, uh, was, but we're we're supposed still- to have it already. Last month, yeah, we, yeah, I mean, definitely still intriguing though. I think the, I think it, like, I, I would be like, you probably think the same thing, but I think the less we know about this film, the more intriguing it is. Oh yeah, because you look at yep. like, you look at like something like Get Out. We had one trailer for that movie, and yeah, we did. We had one trailer. None of us knew what was going on, but that's what got us in. Like that's what yeah. that's what drove us all to go see it. We're just like, oh, what's what's this movie done by? Yeah, the cop, the player from Real Madrid's Mouse Cop. What's go, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, has a new currently has a new release date of August twenty first, twenty twenty. I can't wait to see it. For sure. And last trailer we're talking about. We said this one for last because this is the movie, Russell. It's the oh, one it. that's gonna save the world. I'm still standing. They're gonna play the Elton John yeah, song yeah, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> uh, we were of course oh, talking man. about Tenet, the movie that planted their flag and said, "Fuck you, I'm not going nowhere." Yeah, coronavirus aside, this movie's happening. Yeah, so uh, this one gives a little, a little more more idea of what the plot is. We kind of already had an idea of what was going on. Uh, it was like, whereas it's gonna be dealing, it's gonna be dealing with uh, reverse time. Yeah, yeah. Which we kind of already inferred, but we we still know how it's being done. It just showcases more of the. I guess confirming, like, yeah, we are doing with the first time, and Kenneth Branagh is in fact Russian again for some reason. Oh boy, 
uh, I like how we had to brag about like like the visionary behind you know the Dark Knight trilogy and like, and Inception. Then we had to throw Dunkirk, Dunkirk. on there. I'm like, I was like, really? It's like, like Dark, really? Dark, Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, Inception. Yeah, Dunkirk. <laughs> Fuck. That's right. What? Like what? Like, I, I wouldn't brag about that one, bud. Yeah, but, well, I mean, on paper you would, because that was the one that got nominated for Best Picture and his first Best Picture nomination. It did, but, uh, yeah, we, we had to sit with these people and talk to them. What the hell are you doing nominating this stuff here? Come on now. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Watch it three times. I still cannot. I've tried. I've tried. Oh, we, we, we both so. tried. I've seen it twice. Yeah, so we, we, we absolutely have tried. It's just it's not there. And but look, I, yeah, I've also not been a fan of anything. Really, been a big fan of anything Nolan post 2010. So I, I think I've said that on the show before. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think post Inception, he's like wild, wildly inconsistent. Uh, but you know, I think this one's a good turn. I, th- I hope this one turns around because this movie looks awesome. Oh, it does look really good. Yeah, and uh, you know, I hope that. I mean, I. I uh, I'm trying to figure it's out what the, I want to say. It's it's not coming out in July. You don't think Can so? I just, no, can I just like okay, I you know, I, while I appreciate the you know the, the the optimistic you know very optimistic don't get me wrong, but to me this is how I see it okay, how much money does Nolan lose re- releasing this in July when you can't when it's supposed to be blockbuster month you know, every year, you can only go in half capacity for theaters you know what I mean so what do you do in that situation? Well, I think that well here's the, here's the other thing though, I think that. In that regard, and this is kind of a weird thing to say, it creates a kind of exclusivity to the movie. So where that I mean, I guess if you I, don't I guess, get into then, it, if you don't get into a showing, you'll go another you'll go another day, and people don't get that showing go another day. And I think it's really it have to, legs yeah. that way. If if it has legs, then it'll do well. But my thing is because of the well, then the other thing can kind of look like a catch twenty two on this one though. Is it because maybe with a whole lot of theaters not having a whole lot of movies, do they just cover this with a ton of theaters and just stagger your times? All eight theaters playing tenants. Well, but you know what I'm saying. No, There's nothing coming no, out. No, I, like, I, I, no, I do. I do understand what you're saying, and I had someone you who totally, works you at totally a theater. You totally could do it. Someone who works at a theater, like this, it's not. It's not. I don't know a possibility that you could have eight screens playing tenant at once. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, because you've seen movies like, I mean, look at the new releases when they get Fast, Fast and the Furious movies. How, how many showings do they have? It's or ridiculous. Look at look at look at Endgame. Like when that opened, that had one every screens. half hour. Yeah. One, yeah, one every one every little one every half hour. Yeah. To the point like, where you could, like that movie you, made three hundred million the dollars. Yeah. Opening weekend. Yeah, and you just go to a theater and be like. You don't even have to look at what time it starts because you know, hey, well, I can at least catch something. You, the most you're gonna have to wait is like 15, 20 minutes, if that. Yeah, exactly. You so, know, so uh, I, I, I still think that. Um, look, Chris Nolan's st- he's stubborn. I do think it's funny that the trailer, uh, this trailer. I mean, it confirmed that it's not going digital. Yeah, and on top of it, there is no July. There, there's no release date on it though, too. There so is he not. is kind of. Th- he just says coming to th- hmm. coming to theaters. So is oh. everything else. So is everything. Apparently. So is everything else. Uh, Did you hear rumors this movie's supposed to be over three hours? Is it really? That's what I heard. Somebody like I had heard. I don't know where I heard it, but I heard that this movie is supposed to be over three hours. I'm not 100 percent sure. That sounds but, about right. But 
I mean, I'm totally down for it no matter what. I mean, you can make this movie five hours, but I, like, I, I, did, I still think... I did see a headline saying that the plot was so complicated, even the cast didn't understand it. Oh, boy. Which is, which is not a good like you sign. You have to multiply watch. Not good. Yeah, not a good sign uh, when your cast doesn't, doesn't fully understand what you're making. But still, you know, it'll work. It's, it'll give me something to try to like, cipher, I guess. You know what I mean? See what the hell we're watching. Oh, like, like, like a big-budget primer? Yeah. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Uh, but because Nolan planted his flag, he is he's dead set on that July 17th, 2020 release date. We'll see if he actually makes it. Uh, and that is the end of our trailer segment, which means we now move on to notorious news. We have we have a lot to talk about because uh, there's a little yeah, there's been a lot going on. Uh, yeah, I think Corona Corona delay is pretty much done. Uh, first first thing. We need to talk, but did we talk about the Adam Sandler LeBron Netflix basketball movie? No, uh, no, I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. But okay, so yeah, uh, Adam Sandler and LeBron teaming for a movie on Netflix, the Dream Team. Uh, in this oh one, boy! So, oh, here, here's the premise of this one. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Uh, Adam Sandler is playing a down on his luck sports agent who goes. I can't remember where he goes, but he, I think it might be Africa, uh, to search in search of unconventional talent to restore his reputation as an agent and help these guys launch their careers in the N- in the NBA. Sound familiar to you? Yeah. It's Million Dollar Arm, but <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Which, Seriously. I'm not going to complain about it. I like Million Dollar Arm. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure this is based... I don't think this is based on a true story. I think, this is ba- I think it's just all fiction. Uh, but... Look, Adam Sandler, we were both huge on Uncut Gems when it came out last uh, last December. Now available on Netflix, by now the way. Now available on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, this doesn't seem like... I, I hope this is not a comedy. I really hope this isn't a comedy. But I feel like it's going to be. Yeah, I, I, feel, like it, I feel like it too. I don't want it to be, but I feel like it is. Like, if it could be like a serious... Like drama with a little bit of splash of comedy would be nice, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, pro- probably not. But if it is, I, I if if it's not, I'll definitely give it a watch. I think the premise sounds interesting, and hey, Adam Sandler could be trying to turn his uh, turn his stuff around, so that could be good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's funny though because then I guess just go with it. An older movie with him and Jennifer Aniston came out on Netflix. He had like two movies in the top ten. Uh, Netflix, I guess. What was the other one? With that uncut un- oh, gems. gems. Yeah. It's so it's so weird that the following of that movie. Like people love that movie, and I don't understand why. Why just go with it? I, I'm a fan. I, I actually do like it. I think I can't remember where I saw this, but I saw like it was like a poll. People voted it like the the most hilarious movie of all time. You know, no. I mean, I wouldn't go. You, wouldn't you know, go that no. Far. You know what I think? I think it was like it was, it was something like people who consider BVS. The best movie of all, the best movie of all time. They assess their other tastes. I think it was like yeah. their, I think it was like their favorite actor was Owen Wilson. Favorite actress was Mila Jovovich. And yeah, I can't I can't remember the whole thing, but yeah, look 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 at us you can find it. But I mean, not you. If people listening, if you want to know, but uh, yeah. So uh, we'll definitely look and um, see when that comes out. Next story we're talking about is. Another one we forgot to talk about last week that uh, I can't believe we missed because it's huge. Uh, Timothy Oliphant is joining The Mandalorian Season 2. 
a, a first a season of television Russell has still yet to watch. <laughs> would you would you want to know that I finished the Jeffrey Epstein thing on Netflix? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the four part series, the four part series, or the four part uh, miniseries, four part series they just released. Yeah, they just, I, I, I forgot they released an Epstein show. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I, I I will get to the Mandalorian. I promise. Sometime. No, you won't. No, you won't. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make us review that at some point. That's because that, that way I can finally get you to watch it. Watch the fucking thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Timothy Olyphant is joining, and it's speculated that he might be playing Boba Fett, which is odd because oh. we know Tamara Morrison's coming back to this show. Uh, it's a little curious because, well, a Daniel Logan's still a thing. He's still at, he's I'm not sure if he's still acting, but he's still out there. He can still do stuff. Uh, and I don't know why you don't bring him. Daniel Logan's the guy who played Boba Fett, Attack of the Clones. I don't know why you don't bring him back. Second of all, if you're looking to cast someone as Boba Fett, I don't think he's a bad choice because he actually, like, when we can get pictures of him, he does look a little like Tamara Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just a little more handsome. Sorry, no, no offense, Tamara, but I mean Timothy Olyphant. I, I think he's kind of a fox, but that's <laughs> just me. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this looks like the season two is ramping up. You got Rosario Dawson, Michael Bean, maybe Katie Sackhoff, Tamara Morrison, Timothy Oliphant, and a first season which Russell still just continues to not watch. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I will. I just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, there's no excuse. There's, there's really no there, excuse. There's absolutely things no excuse. just things just keep coming out, and I just you know I don't know. Could have watched. Got to make time for it. Could have watched it uh, as it came out, like week weekly, but no, you didn't do it. I I did not. I think that was my that was my kiss of death. I, I'm gonna have to be more firm on it when the second season comes out and actually watch it as it comes out. They're still gonna release it one a week like they did before, aren't they? I would assume yes. Okay, because they because I remember that was a huge thing, which I liked. I liked that whole premise, of, you know, idea just because you don't have to. It, it forces you not to binge watch it, so you can actually. It gives you something to look forward to the following week, which I kind of like. Well, that's also how, like, that's TV also used to be. a thing that Netflix uh, they discovered Netflix ran into a problem with because it, they call it binge and yeah. burn, where like they binge you, people binge it over a weekend, and for like a week or two, everyone's talking about it, and then, and then it's not week. No one, no, yeah, no one's saying shit about it. Yeah, which I mean, which is crazy because like then you have such shows like, and then that's how like we found Ozark, which I finished season three. Finished. We've finished all that, so I'm caught up to that. And and then that show, you, that I watched the first two seasons of. Those are really good shows. But the thing that kind of sucks about it, though, Chance, is the fact that when you finish it, like I remember that this was like months ago that we finished you, and it says, "Oh, stay tuned for season three in 2021." I'm like, that's a far time away, man. That's that's really long. That's a really long time. It's like yeah. I'm gonna forget half the stuff you watch, you know? Yeah. So I, I feel like that's a problem they're trying to avoid, which is why their yeah. shows release weekly. And yeah, I think I do think that keeps them relevant for a little longer, and even even after they came out, where people are still talking about Mandalorian. Um, but yeah, I think Timothy Oliphant. It's funny. I made a whole thread of actors who I wanted to see join Star Wars. He was on that list, and I'm glad it's happening. So this is part of me getting a foothold on Hollywood. So there you go. Eventually, eventually, I'm gonna get to the top. Uh, next story we're talking about is. Uh, Let's see. Oh, it's a good one. So uh, Nicholas Holtz recently had to drop out of his role in Mission Impossible Seven, and maybe eight. We don't know if he was in both, but he dropped out. He dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Not com- Not uncommon. Not things that happen. 
But his replacement, <laughs> on the other hand, uh, he was replaced by Isai Morales, who you may recognize from NYPD Blue, a uh, ton of ton of other stuff. He's a great actor, but the weird thing is, what is this role that you can recast? You can recast Nicholas Holt with a completely different actor. Yeah, that's that's completely crazy. I like nowhere near the same type of actor. It's completely crazy. Yeah, it's like it's it's kind of, it's kind of like the same thing with uh, what's it called? Um, Trout Chicago Seven, to where Seth Rogen was recast with Jeremy Strong. Just like, okay, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> it's like, okay. But these are two completely different people. I'm making a movie. Do you want to be in it? <laughs> uh, sure, sure. You get part yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I like Isai Morales. I, I'm, I'm sure he'll do great in this role. I think he's going to be the villain of the movie. It, 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 it's, just, it's just a funny thing that that's where that casting went. Yeah. Uh, next show we're talking about is uh, Peter Dinklage and Jason Momoa have just signed on to co-star in a movie together. Yeah, they were in the same season of Game of Thrones, although they never shared a bit of screen time. Uh, this movie is going to be called Good, Bad, and Undead. It's going to be like a vampire western type movie. Uh, I think Peter Dink- Peter Dinklage is going to play Van Helsing, whereas uh, Dink. Uh, yeah, P- Dingo's gonna play Van Helsing, whereas Momo is gonna play a vampire that's gonna kind of help, kind of yeah, kind help him out and you know help him out and do stuff and fight va- fight the bad vampires. Uh, I think that I think the premise sounds cool. The big, the biggest thing that this is written, this is being written by Mark Swift and Damian Shannon. Do those names sound familiar? Swift sounds familiar. Uh, these are the same people that gave us uh, such movies as. Freddy vs. Jason, the Friday the 13th reboot. Mark Swift worked on the Baywatch movie. Oh, both of them did, actually. Never mind. Double oof. Yeah, just, hey. So. I'll give him Freddy vs. Jason. The remake of, the reboot of Friday the 13th was, I mean, it was okay. It was a typical, like, what you thought it was going to be. You know what I mean? I mean, it was pretty much the same as the first Friday the Thirteenth. If you watched, it's the same, pretty much the same thing. No, it is. And it then, is. and Baywatch is just Baywatch. Baywatch is awful. Not good. Not good, but yeah. Yeah. So I think the premise sounds cool, but I don't. I don't trust this creative team. That <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna go by numbers, no. But uh, it's a different idea. Um, Will it have? Is it going to have like? I I felt like it was going to have like comedic aspects to it. Is it going to be like funny too or no? Uh, if is I going to be more serious. If I had to guess, I would assume it's going to have some. I, I would I would hope it has some, a little bit of uh, comedic elements because these two guys can be very. And funny. that's what I'm. And that's why I'm trying. That's why I'm saying that because of the fact I don't want them to, you know, underutilize their comedies, okay. and, like, I, their comedic skills. Because I, I think it'd I be found funny. The official premise. Here's the premise. In, the, in Good, Bad, Undead, in Good, Bad, and Undead, Dinklage will play Van Helsing, last in a long line of vampire hunters. He develops an uneasy partnership with a vampire, Momoa, who has taken a vow okay. to never kill again. Together they run. Together they run a scam from a town. Oh, they run a scam from town to town where Van Helsing pretends to vanquish the vampire for money. But when a massive bounty is put on the vampire's head, everything in this dangerous world full of monsters and magic is now after them. So, it's kind of, so yeah, it says the intent is Midnight Run in a Bram Stoker world, which Midnight Run is actually a okay. really great movie. And, yeah, that premise actually does lend itself to some good comedic bits. And, yeah, yeah. Like, like we said, these two guys are very funny. 
<laughs> they can't be. Yeah, really they are. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually creative team aside. I like I love these two actors. I think the premise sounds cool. So I'm undoubtedly looking forward to this film. Yeah, me too. I think it should be should be good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next piece of news you're talking about. Avatar 2's restarted shooting. Hooray. Uh, let's see. Anything else before we get into like the really big stuff? Uh, no Bridesmaids 2. Tier, tier, tier. Uh, Jade Mango confirmed to direct Indiana Jones 5, which we already knew. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, it was confirmed that uh, Labyrinth, the Labyrinth sequel has found a director in the form of one Mr. Scott Derrickson of Doctor Strange fame. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, uh, he will be directing. He will be directing the movie. I'm not sure who's writing the script. It was originally set to be a work between Brian Henson and Duncan Jones, which is yeah, you know, son of Jim Henson, son of David Bowie. I'm not sure if they're still involved, but yeah, uh, Labyrinth sequel is something that's been talked about for a long time. There's actually um, a manga sequel uh, to this to the story. I'm not sure if it's going to follow that. I don't think it can because I think Jared's still in it. Or is it, I'm sorry, Jareth. Jareth is still in it. Uh, question is, so, uh, Russell, how, how do you feel about the original Labyrinth? You know what? I'm, I'm gonna get hate. I'm gonna get hate on this one because uh, it's it, it to me. I feel like it's more like a like the Princess Princess Bride with me. It's one of those ones. I'm just uh, I don't see the the big appeal of it. You know what I mean? I I just don't. But it has such a cult following. It's it's one of those. You know what I mean? I just. Uh, I don't know. I just remember not really liking it when I watched it. I know. Yeah. I is know. it great? Is, I'm crazy. I, I gotta be crazy. I know. I mean, you are crazy, but I, I, cause I love that. <laughs> I love Labyrinth. I think it is a great. I don't know, man. I, I think it's a great movie. I gotta, gotta rewatch it. Maybe rewatch. Yeah, it's uh, I, I, I think it's made with a lot of TLC. I, I think it's really inventive. I think it's really creative. I think it has great characters. I love Bowie in the film. Gave us Jennifer. My, Gave us my Jennifer wife's Connelly. a big fan of this movie, though. Yeah. Well, my wife likes this movie a lot. That's how that checks out. Uh, so, question is like, with when it comes to the role of Jareth, played by David Bowie, do you recast? Do you introduce a new character? What? What? what how do you handle that? Oh man, I don't know. I would say you just leave it alone. Just let it. You know what I mean? Because it's it's one of those things where it's like you're gonna get you're gonna get you know flack either way. Like, if you recast it, you, you know what I mean? Then they're going to be, oh, I was trying to be like... But then if you don't, if you don't cast anybody, then it's like, well, they should have put him in, you know? So I don't know. That's a, it's a slippery slope. Um, I wonder if there'd be any... And I really doubt it, but I wonder if there'd be, like, any footage, like, un, like unused footage from the first Labyrinth that they could maybe use at all? Like, at all? Uh, this is, I'm not sure you have I don't enough, know. I'm not sure you have enough for a whole movie. <laughs> No, 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 not for a whole movie. I'm just saying, like, uh, like just to splice in a little bit. You know what I mean? Keep it. Uh, I don't know. Keep them like modern, but like splice it. I don't know. Couldn't they do that? Uh, I, I, don't I, know. I think you're better off recasting as opposed to you, recasting. Yeah, footage. like you probably are, but like I, I don't know. I, I just think that a lot of people would probably just not want that. I think. Who knows? Or, or maybe just like maybe a, maybe a new character instead of recasting. Yeah, yeah, new character. Because think if you got someone like uh, Donald Glover to be the head of the labyrinth, you I could. I think that I think would be really interesting. Yeah, and I really, really want to see it, or like maybe like the get Ethan Hawke to do something really weird and crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's Derrickson. That's it, that's his guy. 
At least for Andy Circus would be pretty good too. Andy, Sir- ooh, maybe Andy Circus is like a motion capture type monster thing. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, I think Andy, Sir- Andy Circus could bring something to it. Point is, there's directions you can go, and I'm curious. I'm curious, like what the story is. Cause, like, do you bring Jeffrey Connolly back? Do you make it about Toby all grown up? Like, it's, yeah, there's so many possibilities with this, and I think that yeah, Labyrinth is a world that it's a movie like a movie I love, world that I love, and I'm I'm excited to see you go back. I hope they bring back puppets, bring back puppets, because they worked really well in Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, which is awesome. And if you haven't watched it on Netflix, go watch it. Uh, see, next story we're talking about is uh, speaking of movies getting sequels. You know, else getting a sequel, Russell? What is that? Sonic. He can really move. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously, that, not not a surprise. I mean, a surprise considering where this first trailer. Given came the first from, trailer, right? this is a surprise. Oh yeah, but where we've come like from that, it's crazy that they they cleaned up. You know, they made the, a lot of the animation more sharp. Obviously, it actually looks kid friendly and not creepy, um, and it made money. It made a surprising amount of money. Crazy, yeah. Uh, made a made three hundred three hundred six million dollars on an eighty one to ninety five million dollar budget. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. So uh, the sequel. I, I think you. Yeah, you and I were pleasantly. I mean, not pleasantly surprised. We were surprised with how good Sonic was considering yeah. the first trailer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, uh, with when it comes to Sonic, uh, what I hope with the sequel, what I hope they do with the sequel is I hope they embrace. More of the Sonic lore. Let's get some more characters. Like like Tails was teased at the end of the movie. Spoilers. Teased at the end of the movie. Well, Tails gonna happen. Yeah, yeah Tails is gonna happen. Tails is in there. But let's get let's get Knuckles. Let's get Shadow. Let's get Amy Rose. I was gonna say yeah, that's what I was saying. Knuckles maybe shows up in there. I think or like or they tease it for the third one. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> every, you, you get one. You <laughs> every get one movie. New Sonic character. Every every we, movie. We can we can give you one. That's all we're giving that's, you. That's all we can afford. Yeah, come on, guys. We we had to do a lot, of, tons of re, like re, uh, not reshoots, but uh, yeah, no, they didn't have to do reshoots. Re- a reanimation. Ton of, uh, reanimation. Reanimation on it, so we have to <laughs> we have to cut costs on this one. Yeah, it's like yeah, you, you get one. That's it. Choose wisely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I I just hope they embrace more of like the weird Sonic stuff. It's, it's the same writer and same same writers and same director, uh, Jeff Fowler coming back for this one. So yeah, I think that this is. Gonna be interesting, and I, I just realized Junkie XL did the score for this movie, which is odd to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a little strange. Yeah. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is uh, uh, Apple picked, had some big pickups over the last couple of weeks. Uh, first of which they uh, they picked up the Tom Hanks uh, submarine movie Greyhound, and they just announced that they are teaming with uh, DiCaprio and Scorsese on their new movie. Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, it's based on a book uh, about some investiga- in investigative uh, murders in the 1920s, uh, which you know DiCaprio plays someone the guy investigating the murders. Uh, but yeah, Apple's slowly trying to come in and just make a name for self, make a name for themselves in the streaming game. Yeah, because I mean they don't have a lot of right now. They're really, they're really hurting for titles. But I think do you think it's gonna get. Do you think like things like this are gonna get more people's eyes on them? Well, I mean, anytime you put Scorsese in the you know conversation, especially with DiCaprio, I mean, I think that'll be you know curiosity will obviously peak that just like it did with the Irishman when it came out to Netflix. You know, um, 
Yeah, I, I, and then the Tom Hanks one, so that's not going to theaters. That's going straight to Apple. Straight to Apple. Wow. Okay. So, and that movie looked. I mean, from the premise of it, I mean, it looked like a. What was it? The sub submarine movie, wasn't it? Yeah, submarines. They looked good, but I mean, those are big. Na- I mean, those are big enough. You know, names. You know, you obviously Tom Hanks and you have Leo and Scorsese together. I think it's big enough, but I mean, you got a lot of catching up to do because you have all these other properties that have just way, 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 way. They're way too ahead of the game, you know. Not to mention, uh, I'm, I'm sure the, a factor that contributed this was the the like with all Scorsese movies, the production budget ballooned to two hundred yeah. million dollars. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely a Scorsese film. Definitely a Scorsese film. Oh, man. Uh, so yeah, no one is coming out, but hey, now you have now all you Scorsese stands out there know where to subscribe if you want to watch this movie. Uh, next story we're talking about is oh, actually, this is one that just broke like yesterday. Uh, it was reported that uh, we're getting a new in the vein of Mizzle Man, with that being a huge success. We are getting something we're both gonna be excited for: a new Wolfman movie. Starring one Mr. Ryan Gosling, who is someone I'll admit I never thought about when I never thought about him when we, they were do, you know when thinking like who should play Wolfman like he's never one that came to my mind because I never thought he'd do something like it but now that I think about it it's kind of perfect casting because he seems I can like, I can get I can get behind it yeah he seems like the kind of guy who has like this much like all his roles he's not the kind of guy who has like this darkness like lurking inside of him. And that manifests like this big, like like this big fucking wolf transformation, and yeah, I think <laughs> that he, ha- I think he has like a really underrated physicality to him. Yeah, almost like it almost reminds me like 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 the Ted Bundy charm, you know what I mean? And then you just turn into all like a monster. Obviously, completely different, but you know what I'm saying though. Have that like charm that like kind of like the boy next door type thing, what that Gosling always has. You know, he's always very you know charismatic like that, and very you know picturesque, perfect person. You know what I mean? Um, so I think this is a really good cast decision. I mean, like I said, I never in a million years would have thought Gosling, the yeah. Wolfman. Uh, we also have a director in the form of Mr. Corey Finley, which is, uh, he directed Thoroughbreds and most recently the, the HBO film Bad Education, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard it's great, so I want to watch it. How is Thoroughbreds? I never got to see that. Thoroughbreds is good. Uh, I don't is that the one about the two girls? Yes, yes. Okay, I need to watch that. Yeah, it, it's good. I don't love it, but it is. It actually is a. It, it's very good. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I do. Uh, I think it's interesting. I think he's. I think he's on the come up, and yeah, I, I do. I do think that I'm definitely intrigued in Ryan Gosling Wolfman. I'm intrigued in any Wolfman movie. He's my favorite. He's my favorite horror, horror. Um, not hero. Horror monster, especially that Universal. And with the success of Invisible Man. I, I would like to see like a more boots on the ground, like low budget approach to this film because I, I did not care for the Joe Johnson, the Joe Johnson Wolfman that came out in twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, with Benicio del Toro. Yeah, with Del Toro and I think oh, I, I think Emily Blunt was in the movie also. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this when it comes out, and I'm sure it'll be a huge hit because it's gonna cost jack shit. <laughs> uh. Next door we're talking about before we get into the, the really big ones. Uh, t- we talked last week about how Tom Cruise is teaming up with uh, Elon Musk to make a movie in space. Well, that movie now has a director <laughs> in the form of <laughs> Mr. Doug Lyman, who I, I think I think the process was who's crazy enough to go and do this with Tom. <laughs> 
I'll, I, I uh, volunteer as Tribune. Uh, the, uh, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not surprised with someone like Doug Lyman. This is someone Tom Cruise has worked with twice, I think. Yeah, no, twice. Edge of Tomorrow and American Made. Uh, both of yeah. them were successes. I, I really like both those films. And he has a habit of, like, having his guys, those guys he's really comfortable with. Like, it was, a, like it was either going to be him, McQuarrie, or Edward Zwick, and McQuarrie's already working on Mission Possible 7 and 8. So, he, so he's yeah, busy. Yeah, so he, that took him out of the running. Yeah, and uh, Zwick hasn't made a good movie in quite some time. The last time we worked with Tom Cruise, it was bad. So, yeah, uh, I'm not shocked, but I'm not completely shocked. I'm delighted because I think Doug Lyman's a good director, and I want to see him work. But... Yeah, I, this is kind of it's kind of insane to me. <laughs> this is coming to fruition, like you think about it, like we are gonna we're, we're gonna have a movie fully made in space. Like, Amazing. like we I, we don't know what it's gonna be about. We don't know if it's gonna be an action movie, a drama. Like it could, it could be anything. And Tom Cruise is gonna be the guy. This is this is just craziness. Like he's gonna like he's literally like he, he's a guy who is just changing the landscape of filmmaking. Just, just going into space. It's like I, I don't need a helmet. I'm gonna take it off. I got this. <laughs> I don't need oxygen. Oh, Tom, Tom, you need this. I can hold my breath for five minutes. <laughs> We're good. Uh, but yeah, I think this is, I think this is, this is cool news. And yeah, whenever the Tom Cruise space movie comes out, I'm definitely gonna watch it day one. Oh, for sure. All right, so now coming to the big news. Uh, HBO Max has launched over the past week. Maybe a shock to some of you because the launch of this is a little botched, and we'll get to that later. But we had some huge news developing in the world of DC when it comes to HBO Max and DC in general. First of which is, Russell, I got yes. to eat a little crow right now. <laughs> because I said this would never happen. And yet... Oh, man, I'm so happy. Here we are. Because everyone who had spent years tweeting hashtag release the Snyder cuts, you won. Because Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming to HBO Max. God, I can't wait. I'm so excited. This is such great news. 2021, it is coming to HBO Max. So awesome. Things that I thought never would happen, but yeah, this is, this is totally great. Yeah, so uh, it was reported that this is going to be either a... F- and it's not whether it's going to be a four-hour movie, which sounds fucking dreadful to me. A four-hour movie or um, like a six-episode miniseries, which sounds yeah. a little more palatable. Go ahead, I, I don't know. Yeah, either or. I, look, I, I, I've been this secret. I'm not... I was not looking forward to this night. Like, I have not like... I, I haven't been that thrilled with anything DC Zack Snyder. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I, I will continue to shout my love, Man of Steel, oh, but I mean, I can see outside of that how... You'll get to shout it again in a second, but I will say... Oh, no, don't will, worry, I know. I will say <laughs> that I think Zack Snyder had... He's got some talent, and he seems like a nice guy, and it, it, it's... <laughs> hold on, hold on. Look, I I'm happy for Zack Snyder because you know he was removed from he, not when I removed but he left the project Justice League due to yeah. tragedy and the, the what got released was largely not what he shot. Well, that on top of it, they capped the runtime; it had to be under two hours. So a lot of the stuff that Snyder wanted to do with it 
he couldn't do. And on top of it, Whedon kind of just, you know, kind of just molded it the way he wanted to put it, you know? Yeah, so I'm I'm happy that his name's not going to be associated with something that isn't his vision anymore. Yeah. And second of all, like I'm like, I'm not I'm not even a fan of the Whedon Justice League. Um but I do think that even if like even if Zack Snyder's Justice League is bad, which I'm which I'm not I'm not discounting. I'm going to be honest. I do think it, like at least where with Justice League played it's so safe and just so land whereas this one will at yeah. least try something it could it'll probably try well, yeah. and fail but it'll try something well yeah gloves will be off for this one for sure and you know you have to do better than steppenwolf i mean come on you know or at least get some better cg Goddamn. damn uh, i mean yeah seriously let's clean that mustache up the, th- the but, thing uh, i the thing yeah. i don't like about this is the budget so it was originally reported that this was going to cost $25 million to finish. Yeah. It was then later revealed that it was going to cost upwards of 30 maybe more. Who knows? Uh, but this is this is a gambit that I think HBO is going to be praying. WB and HBO are going to be praying pays off. Yeah, I, I would hope. Yeah, like if, like if it doesn't pay off, it's going to seem like a gigantic waste of time and money. And you're gonna, I mean, and then he's, you're gonna feel like an, he's gonna feel like an ass, like you know, all that pushback for this to happen, and you do it, and it just completely falls flat on its face, you know. I'm hoping that this doesn't happen, so I'm kind of, kind of really pushing for a uh, some success on this one. Yeah, well, we'll see. And yeah, the other thing that's gonna, I, I just came up right one after another. I'm, I'm, conf- I'm so confused because uh, I, I think just they want to give Russell some good news. Uh, oh man, I was I was amped. Man, uh, Henry Cavill is back in talks with Warner Brothers to come back as Superman. Oh, so great, so great. Yeah. Uh, now, now, well, re- reiterate this is this is not <laughs> those talks did not include a Man of Steel sequel, I, at least not yet. But let's get that. Let's let's get that cameo in, and then let's get that Man of Steel too. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's either that or Superman from the neck down in, in Shazam. Yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. He said they said that what he may be making a cameo in the second Shazam, which would which is that, which would be interesting because there's actually a huge storyline between well with Shazam and Superman fighting Black Adam played by The Rock, which I would love to see that in a movie. I think that'd be, I think that'd be, be really fantastic. Cool. Uh, and well, it's also because like yeah, you have you have Superman. Yeah, Superman Shazam, which is basically Superman, but you know, from a different perspective, and evil Superman. So I think I think that would work. I, I would love to see him in Shazam too. In fact, I, w- I would love him to just scrap Black Adam and just put Shazam and put Black Adam in Shazam too. Like that, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, but but you know, more to the point, I think that uh, if if this works and he proves to be popular, so loves the role, we could see Man of Steel too. And look, I will, I, I will, I will say it again. I actually rewatched Man of Steel not too long ago. I don't like that movie <laughs> as much as I used to. I, I loved it. Jeez. I liked it a lot when I was fifteen. But I watched it. I'm like, wow, the this hate. Is, this is not good. <laughs> but oh, the hate. I will say, despite the fact that I don't love Cavill Superman, I think he has a great Superman in him. I just think yeah. you need. I, 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 if they do do Man of Steel two, don't let, do not let Zack Snyder make that movie. Because I think he needs someone else to. I don't. I don't think Zach can bring that Superman that the great Superman out of him. I think we need someone else. I don't know. 
I, I really enjoy the Man of Steel movie, but you know, hey, that's the greatest thing about these movies. They're so subjective. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever. We'll, 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 we'll do Man of Steel at some point, but yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, speaking of uh, WB, uh, HBO Max launched. Uh, Russell, do you have this service yet? You know what? Actually, I actually got it because of the fact that um, I guess through our Direct TV. Um, it was, it was funny cause AT&T text, well, you're gonna love this one. AT&T text messaged me. I was so happy here. I'll read it to you. And then I, and then I go and I, I follow all this. I'm like, yeah, this is great. Okay. So it told me, oh, actually I deleted it cause I was pissed. <laughs> anyway, it basically said, it, it, it basically said, oh, uh, great news, you know, being an AT&T, you know, customer, blah, blah, blah. You can now stream HBO max, blah, blah, blah. So I go to HBO max, put in all my stuff. Uh, through my AT&T, and it says, up, oh, you're not eligible. I'm like, well, what the hell? You just sent me a text message saying I was. Like, the hell? Wait, so, wait, um, wait, you, you, like, don't you get HBO through your cable plan? Well, well yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't really know that. So I went through DirecTV, and I put our information, and, and it basically, yeah, so I have it. Now, well, yeah, so. yeah, well, you, you should have it, because that's a problem, which is kind of a theme. Yeah. Which, which is kind of a theme with HBO Max, because this... This launch is fascinatingly botched. Well, that's the thing I don't understand because I told my wife and I was like, like I just want to be sure we're not paying fifteen dollars a month for because I think it's fourteen ninety nine. I just want to make sure because I don't want to spend the fifteen dollars for right. right now at this time because like it has things on it that I'd use that I, I I wouldn't mind watching, but I don't want to pay fifteen bucks for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. So here's what I'll say about HBO Max because I because I I have it. This is supposed. If this is supposed to be the one to combat Disney Plus, they're not doing a great job to start off. Because uh, I will say that, you know, it has some in- it has some interesting concepts of it. Because you know, it, you you open it up, it has, you know, it has your friends, your Fresh Prince, and it has the libraries, the DC, the DC, the Sesame Workshop, the Ghibli, the Cartoon Networks, the Adult Swims, the Looney Tunes, uh, but. Okay, there's, there's, so there's some big problems with HBO Max. First of which is availability. Russell, this service is not available on Roku or Amazon on Fire Roku TV. TV. Or, or yeah, Amazon Fire. Su- oh, which sucks because I have a Roku TV in my room. So oh, that, like, that's the thing. It kind of sucks because I have literally everything on it. Which that's the, besides that, like I have Hulu, I have Netflix, I got Disney Plus, you know. Which that's, that, that's the dumbest thing on the planet. Like, why would you launch a streaming service like without having the two biggest platforms like on the planet? To put it on, yeah. Like, like that, that makes so, absolutely zero sense. So I wonder they're going to have to add on to where you can download it on there. It's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, they have especially to. if you want more people to watch it. I mean, they, I mean, they have to. Like, that's that's just, that's just a non-starter. <laughs> like, I mean, eventually, I'd like to get back into uh, the Game of Thrones. Another thing that I started and stopped. Um, I want to watch the rest of Ballers because I watched the first two seasons of that, and I wanted to watch the rest of that. But yeah, but it's also, a good, it's a good, pre- it's a good premise. But also, just, like this, this, yeah. this serves a benefit if HBO just shut down all their other streaming services because yeah, they have Boomerang, they have DC Universe, which the DC library. I mean, it's it's okay. Just just put it on HBO Max. No, literally, just put on HBO Max because, like, you look at the yeah. lineup. The only Superman movie they have on this thing is Supergirl. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to run through some of these titles they have for for DC. 
Uh, Aquaman, Batman, 89, uh, Batman Forever, which is expiring soon. Batman Return, which is also expiring soon. It's funny. Uh, you mean on HBO Max? Yes. Why? Like, why? I have no idea why, especially when that's a WB-owned title. And then you're going to keep Batman 89. And Batman and Robin. Uh, B- why? BVS. Shit. Catwoman. Green Lantern. Doom Patrol. Which makes no sense that that's on here, but Titans isn't. At least, yeah. At least it's not. Is it? It's not. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Jonah Hex. Joker. <laughs> Justice League. Yes, jo- Jonah Hex. The Lego Batman movie, which is also expiring. Justice League, which is also Why? expiring, I think. Maybe. Don't quote me on that. What? S- Steel. This is crazy. Steel. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies and Wonder Woman. Like that, that. Those are all. That's all like the DC movies. They have a couple of shows in there, but no, 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 no Batman the animated series. No, the Batman. No Justice League. No Justice League Unlimited. Like it's no Young Justice. Yeah, that's crazy. Like they, like they need, they need to dissolve these other services. Well, especially for a platform that just came out, you're going to go ahead and say, "Oh yeah, it's expiring soon." Yeah, it's it's like, well, that's not going to that's not going to get you to go over to DC. I mean, yeah, they I have that's uh, stupid. Let me, let me see. So like, they, have, they have some ones that are expiring. Yeah, so like you go to Last Chance, some ones that are leaving. Keep in mind, this this one launched three like four days before the end of the month. So titles leaving, titles you had four days to watch in case you didn't. Unbelievable! Idiot. Unbelievable! The Meg, Braveheart, Ma, The Hobbit, One, The Hobbit, Three. Us, Tropic Thunder, Catwoman, Lego, the Lego Batman movie, the Lego movie. Oh, Justice League is expiring. I was right. Practical Magic, Black Black Klansman, Pretty in Pink, March of the Penguins, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Selena, Two Weeks Notice, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, Hellboy 2019, American Wedding, Shutter Island, Grand Torino, Teen Titans, Go to the Movies. I guess it's expiring too. And Unfriended Dark Web. So, like, how, how bad is it when you like you just launched and you already have things expiring? I don't, I don't, I don't, and there are movies that like, I don't understand. Like Netflix had Grand Torino for the longest time. Like, what's going? Like, why are these movies expiring? Also, yeah, some some of which they have the rights to. But that's what I don't understand. Like, Grand Torino was on Netflix for quite some time. Yeah. So uh, there's that. They have a they have a Turner Classic Collection, which mostly is cool, but they have some they have some weird ass titles in there. Like, well, some of the titles like include Armageddon, Big Top Pee Wee. Quantum Asolus. Yeah, so some of, these, some of these titles are cool, but some of these are just like, what? Why are you under classics? What are you doing here? <laughs> the Hitcher. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it the one with Sean Bean? No, no, no. That's uh, the one with C. Thomas Howell. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so I mean, the, 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 big, the biggest draw to this for me, I think, is the classic movie collection. I think that's the coolest thing. I mean, it's also cool to have a place where you can stream Fresh Prince. And Ghibli, the, the Ghibli library is actually really nice. Yeah, I, I did see the Ghibli library it looks pretty pretty packed. I've but, I've never seen any of these movies or the animated but, films, so but something to check them out. Something they're missing, like really missing out on, is like any flagship original programming. Because you look at you look at Disney Plus, they launched with like four major shows at launch. Yeah, they had. Uh, they had Encore. They had the World Calling Jeff Goldblum. World Calling Jeff Goldblum. They had High School Musical, the musical the series, and of course, they had The Mandalorian. Those are titles that help people get people in the door. But this HBO doesn't have that. They the most they have for original programming. Let me let me just double check this. They have uh, a Anna Kendrick comedy called Love Life, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, the, Looney, the a new version of Looney Tunes. A 
show called Legendary, which may be about drag queens or fashion. I'm not sure what this is. Uh, the Not Too Late Show with Elmo, which I, I take back everything I said. This should, this, that, that's the only thing this, this, this service needs. It's more Elmo. More Elmo. All Elmo all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the record. And then it's just a bunch of like reality shows. Crap, crap which is crazy. Which is super crazy for a platform that had so many great hit series. You know what I mean? You think they would be on top of that? Or, yeah, you think you'd, they have like something to get people in the door as far as like exclusives. But yeah, this, this, I mean, it's, come, just, it's just feels it's HBO. Like, this yeah. feels like HBO HBO now with extra stuff. Like that's, yeah, that's what this it's, is. it's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so look, I I know they're gonna get some cool stuff soon. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, not. Not terribly impressed with HBO Max. Well, my thing was like, if it, this, I'm gonna make sure that this is free. If not, I'm gonna cancel it. I was gonna wait until obviously uh, Justice League, and then probably just fizzle out. And, and like, they get some time to get their stuff together. 2021, you know, right. see what happens, and then make a move from there. Yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. I I do hope that I, I do hope that this improves because I do want to see. Because they, they like when they had like, their whole like Twitter thread of like things are gonna have on the service. Like some of the, a lot of it actually sounded quite interesting. So yeah, definitely something I'm, I hope to see. I hope gets better, and we'll see. If yeah. It does. Uh, but that's gonna do it for notorious news. We now move on to the movie of the week. Okay, it is now the next day. Peek behind the curtain a little bit, and uh, Russell, we are about to review for you a virgin, but not alone. As our special guest showed up to studio, you may recognize this man from. Schmo's No, Mutrivia Schmo Down, his new comedy special Dog Stepfather, which is really funny, and God knows what else. You may also recognize him as my real father, Mark Ellis. Mark, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were supposed to hold that, that father reveal until, uh, I was? you know, until you're holding a championship belt and I greet you on stage with it, then <laughs> I tell you I'm your father. Like, we could have done a whole Empire Strikes Back thing. Ah, oh, damn. Oh, well, I, I, well, you know what? I don't think we have... I think there are probably people who will be surprised by that anyway. So we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do that regardless. But right now, uh, thank thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good, man. I uh, I'm happy to to be talking about this movie that I I have. I, I don't know if it's a hot take about the movie, but I've gotten in an argument about this movie with some of my friends. So oh, really? we'll get into all that. I'm looking forward to hearing y'all's thoughts on it, and hopefully you guys did the same thing I did, and you waxed your chest before the broadcast. You know what? We, we will. I have a actually funny chest waxing story later in later in the show that we'll get to. But uh, yeah, let's not. So the, yeah, uh, we our topic, like we said, was movies turning fifteen this year. This one, our poll out. It was between this and what was the other one? Was it V for Vendetta? V for Vendetta. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So, but yeah, this one we ended up this one and yeah, it came out two thousand five. Made on a budget, a surprising budget of twenty six million dollars. Uh, made, I believe, 177. The box office was a huge hit. Launched Jed Apatow's career. Launched the career of several people. And, yeah, we're going to see how well it holds up today. So let's not waste more time. This is The 40-Year-Old Virgin. So this movie starts out, we meet our main character, Andy, played by Steve Carell, living in, I'm going to be honest, the approximation of what every kid wanted their bedroom to be when they were an adult. <laughs> like, if you, if you asked a kid, like, hey, tell us what your bedroom's going to look like when you're 40. He'd probably give you something like this. I mean, some of our bedrooms still look like that, Chance. Uh, that's um, true. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's every kid's bedroom dream, with the exception of the uh, the the Asia band posters. I'm not sure that that every kid grew up worshiping Asia or Toto or whatever else was in Steve Carell's room. But it's a pretty good amalgamation of a lot of things I would want to have when I was eight years old. Well, maybe maybe you didn't worship Asia, but there are a lot of us Asia stands out here. <laughs> who grew up loving this band. Uh, so I think we should just take this time to talk about Steve Carell in this film. This is co- this is co-written, co-starring. Might have been a producer on it as well, but he is he is phenomenal in this film. Absolutely, and it, it's funny because this is like really his coming out party. Because obviously, with the success and you know, obviously the memorable character in Anchorman, I think this is really really showcasing how funny Steve Carell can be by himself. Yeah, and it'd be, it's fun talking to you guys about it because I'm 39 years old, and y'all are probably combined my age. So actually, that's not true. That is not true at all. Oh, really? What, what, what age? That makes what me. Age range that makes me. That makes me feel sad. I am 36, actually. So okay, so I'm, I'm, Are you three yeah. years old? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I turned I turned four not too long ago, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm proud of you, but um, so this movie kind of came on my radar in an interesting way because we all primarily knew, and this movie, by the way, came out like right when I was right when I had just moved to LA to like be a comic. And when you move to LA from Virginia slash North Carolina, like there's not billboards for movies or buses or bus stops or you know whatever else that have all these upcoming movies. So you're just not really inundated in that world. And then moving out to L.A. and not long thereafter, having this movie being released, we all knew Steve Carell from The Daily Show. He was great on The Daily Show as a correspondent. Oh, so great, And his so coming great. out party, even before Anchorman, I think his coming out party was when he was in Bruce Almighty and he kind of stole scenes from Jim Carrey, which is like the toughest thing to do in the world. So it was like, okay, how's this guy going to be carrying a movie? And I think that right from that first scene, that uh, opening in his bedroom, y'all, it's like, you, you realize that you're going to be rooting for this guy and that he's a, a good anchor for whatever this movie's going to do. Oh, yeah, he really is. Something that I admire watching back now is, like, he has a great physicality to him. Just, like, the way he just, like, portrays, like, when he's really uncomfortable as the movie goes on, when he gets, like, more confident, gets, like, more, you know, things to like about life. Like, he, like, he does a complete character show. Like, he's great. And, you know, honestly, like, we, we say it all the time, like, comedic performances don't get enough love with the Academy. I think if they did, you definitely would have seen him get a Best Actor nom in 2005. For sure. Yeah. So It's, it's so tough because comedy is just so sub- subjective. But, you know, it, 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 we, we can go down that rabbit hole with, like, all the great comic performances that should have been nominated. But I'll, I'll spare you guys my, my soapbox with that one. But needless to say there's a bunch of great performances in this and scene stealing performances and some of the side characters we're going to get into it was the first time i'd ever seen them and they they blew me away yeah well, I, we, we'll have you back on to get in your soapbox talk about comedic performances that should be done <laughs> another time uh but yeah so uh, uh andy worked smart tech at electronic store you know enjoy a marketplace that keep a place like that open you got a few years left <laughs> Uh, that's where this we meet. Is, this is true. Yeah, that's where we meet our first uh, side character, Seth Rogen. Play, I think his name is Dave. I'm pretty sure. Uh, hey. Dave's Paul Rudd. Oh no, Dave's Paul Rudd. Who is the, who is this guy? Come on, Chance. This is this could be a Schmodown question. <laughs> what was Seth Rogen's name in the Sporty version? I'm gonna lose uh, this one. Now you look it up. Well, I look it up. Well, you look it up. But 
yeah, this was also I think it's one said Rogan's first movie. He movies. Cal. Cal, Cal that's it. Cal, Cal, Dave, yeah. and wow, I'm blanking out Reminding Michael's name also. This is not good. This is this is not a good look for me. Oh, he played. Uh, I think oh, he played J. 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 That's it. Okay, now I know. Now I'm glad we're clear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we see that he's like already at the gate. He's the odd man out at work because he seems like the least socially well adjusted, except maybe Cal, who's like going to Mexico and watching like horse shows which is weird um, uh, so funny but also you also got like this gents of a great like running joke with the michael mcdonald like he works in a show where jane levy runs this runs the shop and like her like the constant dvd playing is a concert of michael mcdonald which why <laughs> like I, it's it's never explained why it's michael mcdonald it just is and yeah understandably paul rudd who plays dave like we said he's sick of it <laughs> like, i i thought i came in i knew it I'm going to shoot everyone in the store and myself. I hear Michael McDonald one more time. As I'll, you would. I'll tell you why they, why they picked McDonald, because I hate that guy's voice, too. I cannot. I'm sure he's a nice person. I cannot not send his voice. And so when that when we first go to like that Best Buy-ish store and Smart Tech and we, we see that it's it's Michael McDonald, play, because that's what all those stores felt like. That, that was like at their peak. That was when Best Buy was taking over. They had conquered certain circuits. And, and everything was a Best Buy. And I'll tell you what, man, that was the, my first kind of experience watching Jane Lynch that I that I remember, where it's like, oh, that's Jane Lynch. And she is so good in this movie. I mean, she is a scene stealer. And she steals scenes in every movie she's been in. And that was the first time that I was like, this is somebody to keep your eye on. Oh, yeah. The, the, the cast looking at looking at this movie now, it's, it's, in, it's incredible to how many, like, future comedic talents they got into this movie. When when they were like all these guys were small time back then, like you think you think about like if you had all these guys in a movie now, like it would be it'd be monstrous. That budget of twenty six million might raise a little bit. Oh, it definitely go up. <laughs> you definitely could not make this movie with all these same actors for the same amount of money today. But hey, at least. At least but I think it's. Uh, I do think it's funny though how they like recycle actors and you know what i mean you see a lot of people that were in similar works together obviously like you know paul rudd was in role models and i think jane lynch played like the uh she was the leader. camp leader or yeah, whatever leader so they they're all and even uh even later on we'll talk about when they go to the uh when they're talking about uh he's trying to get um the birth control or whatever we see uh champ bailey champ there oh david, david keckner yeah from uh anchorman yeah so i think i i think it's funny how they recycle some of these Actors, you know, they always have a good working chemistry, so that it's always funny like that. Oh yeah, so uh, well, they, well, yeah, we'll definitely get into that later. But the, the frat pack, as they're called, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, and, so Andy gets invited to the workplace poker game. He shows up. He's he's kind of, he's that he's that guy you don't invite to the poker game because he's the one playing <laughs> like se- like several hours a day every day for the last twenty years. He's cleaning them all up, and yeah, this is where we get into. The plot of the movie. They start telling like dirt, like dirty stories. Like Romani, like uh, Jay tells one about how he's how he's having sex with a girl, like in, in, in like really unconventional places. Cal talks about a story with a dog, which I will not repeat out of you know fear that the FBI is listening to this somewhere. I don't want, I don't, want, I don't have a voice saying that on record. Uh, and then they got to Steve Carell, and this is where they get like the big crack. He's talking about how he, how he got with a woman at one point, and. Much again, much like a ten-year-old, it sounds like a kid who's trying to brag to his friends how he got lucky one night. 
And just like the way he he sells this really well. I'm not sure I I'm not sure I could sell this as well as he does. He's like, oh yeah, look, do do me now, <laughs> me, me so horny, me love you long time. <laughs> it's just so innocent yes. and sweet and crude and ridiculously idiotic all at the same time. And I mean, we've all been in that situation where you're just kind of you know telling dirty stories. And if anything like that arose then you know that we would all react in the same way that everybody else at that table reacts to it. It's like you're, you're shocked and you're like also like, wait, what? And you're also you're you have that like mischievous grin because you're like, I can't believe I now have this knowledge about this person. Like, this is such a card that I have to play at any time now. This is going to be a running joke. Yeah, so uh, if they, it comes out that Andy is, in fact, a virgin. <laughs> uh, he freaks out. He leaves the poker game. I love this reaction when he's, when he's like, riding on the bike. He's like, God, oh, why is bag of sand? Be so horny. Be so yeah. stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's going to get freaky. I'm just like, maybe they'll, maybe they'll forget. And I, I, I love the transition shot in this case because he's lying down in bed. It's, like, in the middle of the night. I'm not sure how they did it, but, like, you just see, like, the sun rise up. He's like, maybe I'll forget. He doesn't move. The sun goes up. He's like, nope, this is bad. <laughs> I, I always wonder how they did that shot. I don't know if it's like a king or like hiding the sunlight. But either way, prop, props. It was a great transition. Uh, but he goes to work the next day and like it's all normal. But like you're, you're just waiting for that hat to drop. And then one of the uh, Middle Eastern employees, Aziz was his name. I don't know, I don't know Paul Rudd or Ramon Malcolm's character, but I know Aziz. Good for me. <laughs> he's just like, and he, he's cracked a joke at him, and then like, like uh, Jay is playing the rump shaker video. <laughs> and this is one of, my, one of my favorite shots of him. We're just like, Andy, it's gonna be you all day, <laughs> Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sun. By Sunday, you're not gonna be drained. <laughs> It's, it just it, it hits home because like around that era, this movie came out in 2005, so this was kind of coming on the heels of like a a reawakening of the high school sex comedy like way back in the day before my time it was like porkies and animal house and stuff like that and then american pie brought back a lot of those things so when american pie came out and it was about kids in high school trying to lose their virginity it, there were a bunch of kind of copycat movies and then it's like okay well we get it now what's going to take this to the next level and it's a guy who's 40 admitting to his co-workers and his poker playing buddies that he's still a virgin. And of course they're going to rib him mercilessly for that. And to have it play out in the context of this very bland kind of smart tech Best Buy store, I just think that elevated the humor in it so much. Oh, it does. And someone who doesn't get enough credit for this movie is Romani Malco. Romani Malco is maybe my favorite side character out of the bunch. And it's crazy that he's his career. I mean, he's he's still working, and props to him because he's doing a lot of good stuff. It's it's crazy that he's not bigger than he is. I think it, he honestly should be bigger than he really is. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, he's one of those guys that like that you see him and, and you you know his face instantly. Right. I've I've gotten to to interview him before, and I've seen him around a couple times, and it's like you know his face, and then. You connect it with movies and stuff, but yeah, he's he's got all the chops to be um, to continue to work for a long time. So I hope we get to see more of him. I think my favorite side character in this movie, though, and it may be sentimental, is Jerry Bedknob um, as Mooge, because when we get to meet, because I was starting out doing the open mic at like all the comedy clubs in LA around that time, and he would pop into the Laugh Factory sometimes. 
on Tuesday, which is their open mic night. So like you do the open mic and you bomb for three minutes and then you and then later on a crowd would show up and they'd have their paid regulars go up and you'd see Jerry Bednob and it's like, oh, he got the biggest ovations because everybody started to know him from 40 year old virgin. So he really got a nice kick out of that movie. Which one is which That's one is hilarious? Merch? Remember he's the one who goes, Oh, it's suck balls. Oh, the yeah, okay, right. He's the older guy. Yeah, the older what, what movie was what what other movie was he? Oh, he was in Zack and Mary Make a Porno. He was. What's okay, that? okay, that connects the dots then. Okay. Oh yeah, and yeah, he, he's all, he's also really funny in this one. So yeah, he, he's. Uh, a good he is one. really funny. Uh, so yeah, he runs out, and then uh, uh, Dave chases at him, and like they actually have like a really touching scene between the two of them, where he's just like, he's like, "How did this happen for you?" And you're just like, "I got nervous. It didn't happen. Then I got even more neurotic by it. Then it really didn't happen. Then I just stopped trying." And then, like, it's actually the, the, the scene that the two of them have is actually, like, really. It's not as. It's not as, like, comedically heavy. It's more like a, dram- it's more like a dramatic weight. And I think this is where the movie tries to show its real, true colors. This isn't really. I mean, it is a sex comedy in a way, but it's also. You can also see this, like, a really unconventional coming of age story. Whereas this guy who never broke out of that shell of being, like, a child. I mean, he, he's a fully functional adult, but, like, he. Like maturity-wise and like romantically, he's still fairly young, and this is about him trying to break out of that shell. I think that's we n- we never see a coming-of-age story like this. And I think props to Judd Apatow and Steve Carell for coming up with an idea like this. And also, Judd Apatow just having Steve Carell to be like, "Hey, are you cool playing this guy who's never been laid?" And Steve <laughs> Carell being like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I sure. could do that. Sure, why not?" Uh, and I also do like the next scene. Where, like as soon as that conversation is over. You can tell, like, his eyes are, well, not open, but, like, he's seeing the world in a different way. Like, he's, like, seeing, like, he's looking at women completely differently. <laughs> and I, I, I do love, like, the bus that goes behind him where just, like, I, I think, like, a perfume called Eruption. <laughs> eruption, yeah. It's so subtle, like, all these, like, things, like, hurry up and have sex, or, like, these sex images that pass him. It's, it's, it's super funny. Yeah, uh, we get, like, a montage of when he was younger, which... You know, the props to the casting department for getting a kid who looks exactly like a young Steve Carell. Like, I'm not sure who that guy is. I'm not sure where they found him. He might be Steve Carell's actual kid. He's not. I Googled it. But <laughs> I, I, I could totally buy that he would grow up into Steve Carell. And we, we see that, like, yeah, he, for, I'm not going to say for good reason, but for certain reasons, <laughs> it's never happened for him. <laughs> so, yeah, the next night they go, they go out. Uh, they go out to a bar and they're trying to, you know, Trying to, you know, just get him over that hump. Like, got to run, got to run through these hood rats. They say later, and <laughs> uh, we see another staple of Judd Apatow films: Leslie Mann, the future Miss Judd Apatow, or she might have been Miss Judd Apatow at this point. Leslie Mann. Uh, she's a woman who she's he's maybe into Andy, might be the alcohol talking. Doesn't matter. Look, but it looks like it's going really well. Uh, and then, but he they try to go back to her place, but he doesn't drive, so they have to take her car. Why he doesn't dr- actually, we do know why he doesn't drive, but either way, this is not smart. Don't drink and drive, kids. Don't yeah, that's approved. that's maybe the best PSA in that decade for why you should not drink and drive, or why <laughs> you should be very, very hesitant if you meet a stranger at a bar and you decide to go back to their place. Um, Leslie Mann is just she, she's always a welcome sight when she pops up in movies, whether they're Apatow productions or something else. She's just she's so talented and she can switch. From serious dramatic chops to having the funniest line in the movie, she can stop on a dime and do both those things flawlessly. 
I agree. And here's no here's no different this time. She has to play like a really someone who's just really just, yeah should not be driving. <laughs> Uh, she, she, has, be, she has to have him blow into the breathalyzer to actually start the car. Yeah, which that, uh, that should be your first red flag right there. Yeah, the, 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 this should be the, <laughs> this should be the warning sign that maybe this is not maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> uh, but you know the the power of boners are stronger. So he gets in the car anyways. They drive. He's driving a PT Cruiser. Which do you think they think this was good publicity? I'm not sure. <laughs> Man. There were PT cruisers everywhere. Oh, in tell me about it. Tell they, me they about were huge, it, man. Yeah, like cr- cr- cruiser bruiser was the next was the big slug bug for a while. <laughs> you, you, and you ne- and you never see them anymore. They like completely like vanished. Yeah, I can't. No, that, I, I I can't imagine one movie would would end the reign of the PT cruiser. Like it wasn't good for it, but I think that like in the in the way that Sideways kind of killed Merlot sales like significantly. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think that this might have hurt PT Cruisers, but PT Cruiser, it was also, it wasn't made to last. And I think that PT Cruisers are kind of like Hummers now, where if you see one on the street, you're like, oh, wow, somebody's still, really? Wow, okay. That was a thing. That's true. No, that, that, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, w- I would look at PT Cruisers and Hummer the same way. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> going the next day, they're, of course, they're of, course la- they're of course laughing at him like like we all would. Like Let's, let's be honest. If w- this happened to one of our friends, this, this is exactly how we would react in that case. Uh, <laughs> but going back to the store, and Andy, who's not a sales associate, has to help out a customer uh, played by the female lead of the film, Catherine Keener, who right off the bat, their chemistry is actually really good. Like, I think she's well cast. Yeah. I think these characters are well written. And, well, something I helped that, and this is, okay, this is going to sound like more of a dig than I intended to. She doesn't, well, how, how should I put this? She doesn't, like, feel like a, like, a, like a big movie star. She has that approachable quality. She has that real quality. She feels like someone that you could see Steve Carell being with. And I think she's that not helps. completely out of his league. Exactly. Yes. Maybe, yeah. 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 I mean, Kathy Keener's yeah. like she. She's a she's a very good looking woman, but especially especially oh, she's gorgeous this movie. in this film. Yeah, and but like, she, you totally buy her with Steve Carell, and she's she's another solid performance in this film. And I I love the way they meet because it's not like total meet cute. It's still like it's a, it feels real, and that's why I like about this couple. It's one of my favorite couples, maybe in movies, because they the two of them feel they feel, they feel like a real couple. Yeah, she's like if you're gonna take all those high school sex comedy tropes and then just age them up, then Catherine Keener is like the perfect girl next door. I would agree. Um, yes. Yeah, and she, I think that she's so valuable in this movie because, like, Chance, when you were talking before about how there's these dramatic, kind of intimate, sweet moments in this movie, they're there and they exist, and they're greatly enhanced by Catherine Keener's presence where. It's so crucial in this movie to not have everybody just be uh, this like hilarious zany character who's cracking jokes. Like you need someone to ground the action. It's what Phil Hartman was always great at on Saturday Night Live, and it's what oh, Catherine yeah. Keener shines at in this movie is actually making it feel like this is a real thing. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So uh, they, so yeah, he, he gets he gets her number, and they go out and celebrate and celebrate hard. Like they, they celebrate like he just won the Super Bowl. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it does look, look like my favorite reads where like they have to like piss on a building and he's just like, I can't do it. And he looks just like, I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> in a way that only Steve Carell could. The dude has a great yell. 
He's got a he does. great – I don't know if you guys ever saw him and, and Colbert on The Daily Show yes. together. They, they did Even Stevens, and they would always get in some argument and it always ended with Carell uh, yelling. And it was just – him and Bob Odenkirk also has an underrated yell. Like oh, when they Bob hit Odenkirk that, does. it really, really plays comedically. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I agree. So, uh, yeah – he he's too he's too scared to call her and the going to the next day this this is another this is another scene like Paul is gone so no Michael McDonald this end they got two thousand four is Dawn of the Dead you know when we all liked Zack Snyder <laughs> uh, there's no need for that kind of stuff people still do but like this is when we all like Zack Snyder <laughs> oh this is true and you know Jake is tips is just like look I think you're, I think you're good looking but we can br- we can bring out more and this is where we get to the famous chest waxing scene. They have the most iconic scene in this film. He goes to he goes to a uh, waxing place, which I thought this girl was, because he's actually waxing. I thought this girl was like actually the woman who worked the place they went to. Now this is an actress. I never I never would would have been able to tell. But yeah, yeah, she was that natural. Yeah, uh, Steve, yeah. Steve Carell takes off his shirt. <laughs> I remember actually was like, oh, we go and need more wax, and cancel my appointments. My, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and some, this hits on something I really like about this movie because, like, Steve Carell's actually getting his chest waxed, and he is—he's a hairy man. He's <laughs> he, like—he takes off his shirt; it looks like he's wearing another shirt. <laughs> it's like, but it's like, go ahead, Russ. No, I was gonna say it's like perfect, though. You know what I mean? It's not like did you, did you notice that the first time he took his shirt off, it was like it was like perfect, like it was like oh, a perfect coat. Yeah, it's like it's like not scruffy. It's even. No, it wasn't messy. Because I always think of like Knee from Catfish. Whenever you watch the the show Catfish on MTV, and you see Knee, and you can see like his hair actually coming out of his like collar. Right. But but uh, Steve Carell's is like it's just like it's like a perfect coat. Yeah. So uh, you you were saying, Mark? It's it's just so cool to like. I love hearing stories about movie sets where there's like a, a shot that that's under a lot of pressure, like. Like that, the scene where the hospital blows up in the in the dark night, right? Like that, actually, they actually blew that up. So you had, to, if you're Heath Ledger, you have to nail that in one take, and that's really a lot of pressure to put on anybody. And Steve Carell, in a very different sense, it's like that's actually them waxing his chest. And I think the story goes that they had a couple lines they were kicking around, and then they trust him as an improv guy, just be like, okay, just yell whatever comes to you. And so I don't think anybody knew he was going to yell Kelly Clarkson, no. but it was just the perfect thing to yell. And something I love about so the iconic. scene, something I love about the scene is the reactions, the reactions of Rudd and Rogan, because like they are, they are loving this. <laughs> like they, they, I mean, as we they can't keep a straight face, but it's kind of not their job to like, they are just reacting to whatever he's saying. And like, they look like they're having a ball. And that's something, that's another thing I like about this movie. It feels like everyone who made it just had, just had like a great time doing it. And seems like this is where they really shine through. Like I, <laughs> I do love the scene where the, anytime it cuts to the two of them, it's great. Like Jay walks out, and to be expected. Like I, look as someone who this is my chest waxing story. I lost a bet once in my second year of college, and the pen, the penance was I had to get my chest waxed. It is. Ah. It was one of the most painful experiences in my entire life. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, I've never uh, I've never had any part of my body waxed. I never say never, but I don't think that's in the cards for me. Yeah, and like as someone who is like, I I, I got a fair amount of a fair amount of chest hair. Like this, it, it's accurate. Like this, like I always say, first one hurts the most. That's a lie because <laughs> everyone hurts just as much as the last. 
Yeah, but those ones around the nipple, man. That, those got to be the killer, I think. Oh yeah, they 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 were, and even yeah. like, it's like not the nipple, not the nipple. And he rips it, strips it. I was like, ah, nipple, fuck. Hey, As we hey if you ever want to know who's who's tougher, hats off to all the ladies out there that are willing to do that downstairs. I mean, it's oh, just yeah, God, it seems like yeah. another level. Pain. No guy wants to go through childbirth, and no guy wants to go through the waxing. Yeah, bikini waxing, giving birth. Uh, pro- hats off to you, ladies. Respect. Yeah, we're, we're giant babies when it comes to all that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. So he taps out. He looks like a sexy jack o' lantern. I think. What, I think what they call Man- him in the movie too. Man o' lantern, which was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and the next day he's just trying to figure like, <laughs> he's trying to figure out like what to do because every time it's like every time he tries, him like one step forward, three steps back. And Pretty much. So he's he's gone to he's gone to well he hasn't gone to Dave yet but he's gone to Jay for the most part now he's going to Cal Seth Rogen he's like look I know how to talk to women so let, let, let go go under my wing and let's give this a try <laughs> so they go to a bookstore and meet a woman I think her name is Jenny played by Elizabeth Banks what Beth it's Beth oh Beth I'm sorry not Jenny what did I get Here Jenny from. Either way, either way, played by Elizabeth Banks, future director and comedic star, Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> let's let's not hold her in it, like with the Charlie's Angels and all that stuff. We're not gonna hold Charlie's Angels against her, but either way, she's still. No. I, I still think she's a very <laughs> funny individual. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, like this is was this her big coming out party too? Was this like the first time people noticed Elizabeth Banks? I mean, um, she looks so think- young in this one. <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth Banks, I think that she had been she had obviously like been in stuff um before 40-year-old virgin, but I think that, you know, like she had she had small roles and stuff like Seabiscuit, I think. I think she pops up in Catch Me If You Can, I want to say. She does. But this might have been like the, the the biggest kind of breakout for her because I think after that the next year um they or the next couple years uh, I know she was in um, the Wahlberg football movie Invincible, yes. like in two thousand six or two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she and she's got like a big part in that, so she just has kept climbing since since then, and and you know you can see why she's she's really really good in this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, uh, and uh, uh, we cut we cut back to Steve Carell trying to call. Uh, he's, try, he's trying to call uh, Trish. Trish is her name from the from the we sell yourself we sell yourself an eBay store. Which you want to know when this movie was made. There's an entire store dedicated to eBay. Are those still around? They're still around, really? The days. Yeah, eBay, eBay's still... Yeah, eBay's still... And what, you mean like stores where they sell that stuff? Yeah. I have never seen I, an eBay store. <laughs> That's crazy. Not, I mean, they they used to be big, obviously, like in the early well, 2000s. I know that. But then, yeah. but then Amazon came in and just stole, stole their thunder. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, he, he, he's trying to call her, but he can't do it. <laughs> And uh, something something I do love is like he's like uh, I'm a telemarketer. He's like, oh, okay, find a find a tall building, jump off of it. It's uh, funny though because I think back like earlier, like like in like middle school or like yeah, early high school when you used to call girls or whatever. Remember, you used to I don't know if this happened with you guys before, but you'd always like get nervous dialing that last number, right? So then you'd hit the last number and then they'd answer. You hang up real fast because you didn't know what the hell to say. So oh, well, I think well, it's funny, but this guy's now forty and he's doing it. So like, it's even funnier. But totally, I you could totally relate to it. Like how nervous he probably is calling her for the first time. Yeah, for me, it was it, like if they answered, I was actually relieved because I'm like, I just get to get this over with now. The worst <laughs> was when you leave a message 
and you're just waiting for the call back because like you grow up and like maybe somebody else is going to answer the phone uh, before you and, and maybe it's your sister or maybe it's your mom. And it's like all these things can happen if you have to leave a message. So I was actually relieved in a weird way if they answered the phone. See, I, I, I grew up in the age where it was weird to call to call someone if you weren't dating, so I, I never had that problem. I was always texting. But still. Man, you're young. I've still never had a, a phone conversation with a woman, so that's, 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 where, that's where I am. But that's where I come what? from. This is crazy. You got this time. crazy talk. Man. I got time. Yeah, you got, you, listen, you got plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, we see Dave drops off a huge box of porn to Andy, titles including Harry Cocker. Uh, the I can't. There's one that he didn't say. I can't. Remember. Oh, was it Boner Jams of 03? Boner, Boner Jams of 03 was one. Everybody, Gotta love that. It's like Lord of. The, no, I can't. Remember, I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, School of. It's like School of Rock, but it's School, school. of. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack Blackcock. <laughs> yeah. It's like I was also everybody was Raymond, which is like oh, I didn't. I, that, that should probably shouldn't be in here. I should record the show sometimes. Oh, it's yeah, so yeah. funny. That's just, that's, that's just a good show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm remember recording shows on VHS? I do. I do. I do remember this. <laughs> yeah, I remember having the shows that I recorded on VHS taped over by somebody else in the family. Like, it, it was com- the, the Ellis household VCR was very competitive. Oh, was it really? Then you, had to, then, you had, then you had to rip the little tab off of the, uh, the tape so it wouldn't be, t- you know, you couldn't tape over unless you put, like, scotch tape over it. That was your fail safe. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then I remember when uh, DVD recorders actually, I remember, uh, funny, I think I bought it on eBay. Uh, funny story. I actually bought a DVD recorder. So I used to tape like, uh, it was like Thursday Night Smackdown or Monday Night Raw. And then I would put them on like digital discs, like DVD, DVRs. Yeah. So uh, going to the next day at work, we see that they're once again trying to get Andy to, you know, break out of his romantic shell. And they get, take him to a speed dating thing. Which is a, in a weird way, I kind of think I've always wanted to try, just out of sheer curiosity. Because I see it in movies and TV all the time, I'm just like, man, I wonder, wonder what that's actually like to go to. It was glorified and make it look so much fun. Yeah. I think I would crush speed dating because it's five minutes. And like, I can be really charming and funny for five minutes. I'm sure you can. Time. Yeah, oh, oh, absolutely, you can. Like, it's, it's once, once you're on one date with one person and having to maintain that the whole night, like, I have I can't follow myself, you know, like my opening five minutes with a lady is the best they're ever going to see for the <laughs> entire relationship. So it's all, it's down, all down from here. That's, that's the apex of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so, something that does come out of this scene is like, for this whole time for hearing about Dave's ex, Amy, how like he had like a few, few great months, but he's been hung up for like two years. Here we actually see Amy and Amy is played by Mindy Kaling. Which it would have been weird if like Seth Rogen it's, it's famously known that Seth Rogen tried to get the role of Dwight on The Office. It would have been weird if he got it because if he did, that'd be three Office cast members, all in the same movie. Yeah. But yeah, Mindy. But, but Mindy Kaling, you see that you're learning that maybe Dave isn't as he's not as well adjusted as he probably should be because yeah, you see, it's like it's two, it's two fucking years. Get over it. And then it kept back to another scene where he keeps in front of Seth Rogen, Cal. And he's just like, you need to stuck to my friend false help. You need to you need to get out because you're destroying him. He's like, I've changed my email, changed my phone number, I changed my address, and he still keeps fighting it. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, speed dating is like like always is a bust. <laughs> like much like much like everything. Uh, Paul Rudd goes back to work. He's drunk. He's viewing the camcorder to like record himself. At one point, he points <laughs> on his <laughs> ass. And it, at this point, that I thought to myself, it's weird to think that this there would be a multi-billion-dollar superhero franchise, and that this guy would be one of the faces of it. <laughs> it's yeah, true, right. um, but but you know what? Who would have thought that uh, Jamie Fox of Booty Call fame would have uh, ended an Oscar up winning an Oscar? So it's one of those. It's one of those weird things to look back on with hindsight. Oh, yeah. If you had to look and say, okay, who's going to be playing superheroes out of this crew? You'd be shocked if any of them were. But the fact that Seth Rogen was also the Green Hornet. And he was. Then uh, Paul, Paul Rudd, obviously, with Ant-Man. But, like, Paul Rudd to me, until this movie, I was like, yeah, he's, he's around. He's a good actor. I just always thought he was just kind of, like, bland and just, like, boring and whatever. But this movie really showed me the sense of humor that I had not seen, the, the comedic chops that I just didn't know that he had before. And it's obviously a joy to see him in movies since then. But leading up to that, I, I knew, he, like, I remembered him from Clueless, and but I just n- never remembered him being like, oh, I'm happy I see that guy until this movie. Yeah. yeah. It also makes you question how, these, how any of these guys still have a job. Because you see Paul Rudd, he's, like, recording his ass. And I Paul, just, like, yeah. Paul, who run the store, is just sitting there watching, just like, what, what do you do? Do something. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it just send him home for the day. It's like yeah. it's the most laid back atmosphere to work in. Yeah, send him home for the day. I'm like, wow, you got off. You got off easy. What do you have to do? To, what do you have to do to get fired from this place? <laughs> I'm curious. That's real Best Buy. That's actual. Like when you when you go to Best Buy, it is very very even in, it, today. It's very tough to get anybody who works there to talk to you. Like like as soon as you walk in, they're all avoiding you, and they're all just like trying to look. It, it's Best Buy is the best example of a job where if you look busy then you're fine and you can work there for years just look like you're doing something it's, it's like medusa like don't look him in the eye no do not make eye contact with the customers because they have questions <laughs> <laughs> just look look busy look busy oh doing 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 best buy stuff best buy stuff best buy stuff <laughs> uh so uh at this point they decide like you know what and he's not going to do this by himself. We got to give him some help. So they invite him over to a hotel for a quote unquote party. He gets there, and there is there is a prostitute who is also a man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like getting getting me a getting me a prostitute is not helping, especially when she's a trans. I'm going to say the term because it might be a little insensitive now. When she's a transsexual, <laughs> it's like how do you know she was transsexual? Because she had ha- she, because she had enormous hands. And and hands as big as her balls. <laughs> and, oh, like, good. That scene is just kind of essential to have in this movie because I think that everybody watching it is expecting them to go the prostitute route at some point. So it's like, okay, what's the craziest prostitute type situation we can get this in, and then just move on with the rest of the movie? That's how that scene always feels to me. Oh, I mean, eventually, yeah. you're, eventually, you're going to exhaust that option. Like, you're, you're going to at least consider it at some point. And I do admire they do it like halfway through. To which just like we didn't think he had the balls to do it. Oh, you think I don't have balls? And then he just goes like straight to the we sell your stuff on eBay store to talk to Trish and <laughs> uh, and ask her out. And in which we get another like huge weirdly huge cameo from a future two time Oscar winner, which you would not believe if you watched this movie, Mr. Jonah Hill, <laughs> who's trying to buy boots with goldfish in them. Which are baller. Oh, so funny. And I want. Not gonna lie. 
So what if I just give you the money and you just give me the boots? He, he couldn't process that they don't sell it in the store. Yeah, right. it, it, it's not explained. The joke never comes back. But even then, it's 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 just it's just funny out of sheer confusion. You're just like, why does this man want these goldfish boots? It's so funny because he wants to go home and wear them. He said or something. <laughs> oh, that's just true. Like I can go home and wear them in my room. Like is that all you're gonna do? Like what? What is what's good? I, I want a whole movie based on just this character to see. I want to know what he does with with these goldfish boots. I need to know. It's. Weird because like Jonah Hill still looks younger and super bad than he does in this, and it's like, it, like yeah. how is this guy going to play a high school? He looks like a high schooler and super bad. Yeah, yeah. and to, and to think in a few years he'd be managing, he'd be helping manage the Oakland A's and changing and changing <laughs> baseball, <laughs> or being a babysitter, or being a babysitter. <laughs> right. Those are those were rougher times, a little bit of rougher times there though. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he gets a date with Trish. Uh, they're, uh, they're going out that night. And this is where we get... I think the scene was extended for the unrated cut. It's the, you know how I know you're gay scene. And it's just oh, okay. Rogan yeah. and Rudd going back and forth. Which, yeah, I, I do believe it was extended for the original. But like, I think what's impressive about this, this is it's just all like... They're all just like ribbing. They're all just like improving all of this, which is to be expected for a comedy, like, especially when you have these guys who are clearly good friends in real life and like know each other so well. But yeah, like this is... It's it's impressive, like just how far they go with this. I think my favorite, I think my favorite one is, you know, how I know you're gay, because you like Coldplay, which is it's, it's hard for me. Cause I'm not very I'm not very big on Coldplay. I'm yeah. a big cold. I like Coldplay. Coldplay's it was solid. just it was so funny watching like seeing Paul Rudd keep up with Seth Rogen. I think that's probably when the light bulb went off in my head that like, oh yeah, this guy can play and. Just that window into friends playing video games and insulting each other. I mean, it, you probably could have put a camera in whatever apartment I was living in with my roommates at the time. And, like, that's oh, yeah. pretty much – we're just playing Madden and making fun of each other all day. So for for really any dude around that time, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, I, I know exactly who these guys are. And so for whatever reason, you just feel more of a connection with the movie because the movie's like, hey, I, I, I get you. I get your personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. we were doing that with, and it was nice to see N64 make a cameo because that was huge for us. And um, I, I think back to the, to the days that we played Goldeneye countless hours, uh, making fun of each other and doing the same thing. How you were saying, Mark, just kind of like uh, you know, uh, laying into one another and just busting each other's chops. Like that uh, was fun. Yeah, yeah. So he gets a date with Trish, but he's they're like, uh, you got to get all the embarrassing shit out of your apartment. He was like, look at, look at, who has a framed Asia poster? <laughs> and he puts it a like, is that, is that the $6 million man's boss? He's like, yeah, he has a bunch of cool, yeah, I'll admit, he has a bunch of cool stuff that I wouldn't mind having in my, in my place. But yeah, like, not, probably not the best thing to see on a first date. So I was like, okay, we need to get all the embarrassing stuff out of here. Then it comes to the next shot, the apartment's empty. <laughs> it's like, I love when Catherine Keener comes in and goes, did you just move in? Like, I don't know, I'm getting carpet. <laughs> That's the conversation that that every every group of friends has that one guy where you have to have that conversation with them about their apartment and the fact that uh, you're an adult now. And for one of those people, because I'm clearly that person in my circle of friends for um, Josh McCoug, I remember one time he came over to my one of my old places when we first knew each other. And he looked in my bedroom. He's like, Mark, you're 30. You cannot keep sleeping on a twin bed. We're going to go to a bed store and we're going to get you an actual bed. Oh, I think I, I, think I, remember, I remember him telling that story. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's, one of our, it's one of our regular yarns we like to spin for the youngins. 
That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so they go to they go to Benihana because Andy Andy's a, a high roller. Going to Benihana on a first date. Uh, you see that there's a birthday going on, and which funny the, the woman the woman playing the mother of the kid who has the birthday. It's actually I mean I know her as Gypsy from Gilmore Girls because that that was where I came from growing up. I mean, my mom used to watch the show a lot, so it was cool for me to see her. But like he's like oh it's like oh it's your birthday. It's like it's his birthday too, and they do, like, sing the song again, which is funny for me again because like when I, when I was a freshman in college, that was like a running thing me and my friends used to do. We used to go to a different restaurant like every single weekend and lie oh, that it was that. one of our birthdays. We would do that after baseball practice. We would go to this place called Hosses, and um, and uh, we would just like pick a random person. They had to go up to the, the, the because we're, we're all like there's probably like seven or eight of us, and whoever went up to go to the bathroom first, we usually went and told the waitress, "Oh, it's you know blah blah blah's nice. birthday." And then halfway through the meal, they'd be coming out and starting saying like, "What the hell's going on?" And we just we just sitting there laughing. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah I think. People like us are the reason why now I think restaurants card before they sing the birthday song. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, because we used to, in college, we used to do that at uh, at Bennigan's. There was a Bennigan's near Wake Forest. And uh, we, we went to Bennigan's pretty much every week and would demand a happy birthday for somebody. Even, <laughs> even at a table that we didn't know them, we would just say we know these people. And we're going to surprise them. And we got a birthday song every time. Oh, that's, that, that's, that, that's awesome. Uh, We've ruined the birthday. Yeah, we, we 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 ruined it for everybody. We're the we're the reason. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you have it. Guilty as charged. Uh, so the date goes really well. They end up back at her place, and he's like, "I'm gonna go." He's like, "I'm gonna go uh, do lady things in the bathroom." Uh, you have condoms in the drawer. Uh, my, my husband and I didn't have sex very often, so we have pl- we have plenty. <laughs> and he does what like again what every kid would do with condoms like like mess with them. And it's like <laughs> it's on his balls. Yeah. <laughs> The question is like, what is she doing? That's taking so long. He has time to do all this because <laughs> she's in there for a long. He, he opens a lot of these things. But where? I mean, if you're gonna read the directions, where does it ever say to cup over the balls or whatever? <laughs> yeah, like he, he puts one, like on him, he like blows one up and like it pops, and you like every every man anywhere who ever watched this movie feels that pop. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then. Uh, her daughter busts him. One of one of her daughters, played by Kat Dennings. Something I like about this interaction is the fact that they're talking like the way they're talking. It's like Kat, it's like Keener is the daughter and Dennings is the mother. Where <laughs> it's like, get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> and like she's all like, like she's all like caught on the floor. Like, how many how many times have you had sex? Good God. And then like the her boyfriend who's still standing in the doorway for some reason is not left. I mean I would have been out of there. I've been out of there in a, in a split second. Yeah. But he sees all this. She's like. Teach, teach me. <laughs> yeah, dude, teach me. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I like, I like that. So uh, it doesn't go well, and this is the Jane Lynch finally gets her own scene to shine in the, in the very next, the very next day, where like he's talking to her, and he's like propositioning a uh, friends so benefit great. situation. Oh, this and scene's so funny. Just it's th- so funny the way she delivers these lines. Like she's just so creepy about it <laughs> it's just it's it, it, it just it stands in a movie full of funny scenes and memorable lines this one stands out as one of the best oh yeah absolutely 100 like she has a delivery she has like this presence to her it's like authoritative nature that i think really elevates the conversation they're having right now so yeah props to J- props to jane lynch like she sells it like a champion uh, so, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, they 
having she has another date with Trish to where like everything comes on the table. She has three daughters, one of which has her own child. So she's a she's a grandmother, as as they as they point out in this movie. <laughs> and Andy hears the best words he could possibly hear in the situation, where she's just like, you know what? Let's hold off on sex. And she's like, he's like, boom, done. You, you practically hear like the hallelujah chorus going on in his head. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, boom. he doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah. He's, and like, and even so much, he's like, he keeps extending. He's just like, why, why, why five? Let's go ten. Let's go fifteen. Well, screw fifteen. Let's go twenty. <laughs> And I think Catherine Keener's like, all right, I think 20 is the max. Let's just go ahead and just stop it there and just make it 20. <laughs> okay, don't, let's not get crazy now. <laughs> uh, so we, we, meet, we meet his daughter. We see, we see like, he can do magic. Sort of a... <laughs> is, is, is this Robert Parker's future? It's not, but is it? <laughs> it could be. I think... I think Robert Parker is too well adjusted of a of a person and too good of a magician actually to have this happen to him that late in life. No, it, it's not. I I I know it's not Robert. I just think it's funny. That's the first thought that comes to my head now when I see this. Scene. Like, oh, this is Robert. This is you in fifty years because you're like negative. <laughs> you're like negative ten. <laughs> see, I can make jokes about his age too, just because I'm older. That's right. That's right. Uh, so. Yeah, it's go. It's go. Yeah, it's going well. Uh, we get a nice montage set to the theme song from *Grace American Hero*. Odd choice, but it's a nice. It's a nice song. The song is more memorable than the show, so I, I can get down with it. <laughs> uh, so we find we find out that this is, we see over this montage, Andy's really trying to like. He's really starting to break out of his shell. Like he's made a floor manager at, at Smart Tech. Uh, Catherine Keener's really bring Trish really bring out the best in Andy. Because like, she's the one that actually gives him some ambition, where she's just like, hey, "What what is it you want to do?" And he's like, "I want to open my stereo st- uh, like a stereo store." Again, not a smart idea would give him where those are going, but <laughs> in 2005, this was like a really good venture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just like, she starts to sell his stuff on eBay, and he had like a lot of like really valuable toys. Which, he has a ton. Oh, a ton. So yeah, uh, and this is like where he starts to kind of starts to grow up a bit. Uh, he, he starts. He starts to grow up there, uh, and then you know this is where he had the big, pretty much standard romantic comedy. We have the big third act. I don't like you anymore because like they're packing yeah, up and the big tisk. Yeah, they're trying trying to push him. It, she she tries to make a move on him. On top of the boxes too, which woman? What? Okay, first of all, woman, what 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 she what she doing? Like that that's the money right there. N- yeah. You can move the boxes. I can't mix the boxes. Come on. Move the bo- move the boxes first. What are you, an animal? What are you raising a barn? Don't you have another? Don't you have another bedroom you can just go into? <laughs> come on, come on now with it. Yeah. Oh, but before that, I do need to say the, the Michael McDonald joke comes to like a good ad. Uh, like, <laughs> it comes to a good like close because there's a guy Paul was trying to sell it to. It's like I love Michael McDonald. This how does it goes? Like, oh yeah. If I buy the set, we throw in the, we throw in the DVD. I'll throw in the DVD if you don't buy the sets. <laughs> so they're fr- they're free, yay! <laughs> it's, it's like crank crank off the whisk. Can you feel the brand new day? <laughs> yeah, right. I just again, sure he's a nice guy. Cannot stand his voice. No, I get it. I get it. Oh, we also find out that uh, Jay's wa- Jay's girlfriend is pregnant, which is why like there was a breakup they had earlier, 
and like the, the reason why because she didn't, he didn't think she didn't think that he was going to take responsibility for it. But he's he's excited about being a dad. So yeah, that's kind of kind of his arc. Come he has like a sneaky little arc in this movie that people really underestimate. So that's nice. But anyway, back to the world of the scene I was talking about earlier. Uh, they're fr- they're freaking they're they're about to you know get it on, but Andy freaks out. He rejects. He r- regresses, and he's like. Basically, what we're saying, like, you can't damage the box. That's 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 where the that's where the money. Is. That's why they're so valuable. <laughs> and I, I can't remember what the line is. Like, you, you see what you see what this is? It's Iron Man, <laughs> and it's in the box. I, at this conversation that like I always have with my with my parents, like, George's <laughs> like, you see this? This is Iron Man. It's gonna be valuable one day. <laughs> uh, uh, so, and yeah, like the, the scene between the two of them is actually kind of hard to watch, and you, f- you do feel bad because like you do actually they have a likable chemistry, and you like them as a couple. That's what when they fight you, like you you, do, you don't want it to happen. You're just like no, make make up, please, just oh, come clean. It's heartbreaking. I it mean, is. we're invested, and and as like a savvy audience, we know that there's probably some sort of, you know, uh, disagreement coming, a little romantic tiff, and then hopefully they'll get it back together. But it is disheartening to watch this go down because it it's it's like you're on the Titanic and and you see the iceberg and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and she's just, she's just like. It's like, it's like you, you ride a bike to work. I'm just like, I hey, Einstein rode a bike. He had a wife who he had sex with. He's like, what, <laughs> what do I have to do? Do you want me to dress like Thor? I'll dress like Thor. I'll dress like Iron Man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, yeah. it's, it's so funny because she's asking him, like, pretty much, he's he's changing too fast that he can actually handle. You know what I mean? I think yeah. things are just going too fast for him. And I think he just really can't, you know, process. And I think that's why we have this, you know, this fight, this little, this little quote unquote fight. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, so Andy, then he storms out. He goes to Jay's uh, pregnancy announcement party. I'm not sure what you call this, but it's, a weird, it's also a weird place to have it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, they go there, and uh, Andy, gets he gets drunk, and he's about to hook up with Beth from the bookstore. And, yeah, this is where, this is again, this is the closing end to the Elizabeth Banks part of the film. Uh, they're go. <laughs> they go back to her place. We find out that she is. She's a bit of a freak. She's a bit of a freak. This is, yeah, she's a big fan of the uh, the bathtub area. She's a big fan of the bathtub. She's a big fan of the uh, the uh, retractable shower head. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, even if I was Andy Hughes, I'd probably be terrified as well. Hey, look. Oh, yeah. I enjoy a retractable shower head, though. I'm not going to lump every anybody who likes a retractable shower head in with Elizabeth Banks. You're evil, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> anyone who likes a retractable shower head is evil. It's. You do wonder when you go to like a, a nice hotel and they have one of those shower heads. You're like, where is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> what has this been used for? I, I I need a log of everything this shower head has been used for. <laughs> Has this touched an asshole? <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we find out that you find out that uh, Jay actually hooked up with her once, somehow got a key and never gave it back. And yeah, just like so, they he leaves just like yeah, I am terrified. I want to go home, <laughs> and and he, and he he does. But Cal stays behind in a scene that I. I don't know if this was the base, the inspiration for Zach and Mary make a porno, but I like to believe it was. Good. Babe. I haven't seen Zach and Mary since. I, I, I'm not thinking it was that good when it came out. Is it? Is it better than I'm giving it credit for? Oh, I, Mark, go, go rewatch it. it. I remember seeing it in the theater, 
And it was, I, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I don't know if it was the age I was at, you know what I mean? I was in the, my, my twenties when this came out, but it was, oh, it's, 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 it's funny. And it was shot like right close to where we, where I lived. So it was, I guess maybe maybe that's another reason. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. It, on your recommendation, I'll, I'll give it a rewatch. Uh, but anyway, it, and, it, good? Definitely funny. Yes. No, 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 definitely funny. And like the Brandon Routh character, uh, when you see Justin Long and Brandon Routh, that's another funny part in that movie. It's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of funny. It, it's stupid funny. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Andy, Andy goes home. You see the Trish is there waiting for her. He sees that, like, you know, he still has no carpet, even though he claimed he was getting carpet. You see like, all the stuff that the guy left, just like the, the David's huge box of porn. The uh, <laughs> uh, people are like, "What? What is this? Like, it's a ment. It's a mento." <laughs> I like how he has. I like how he has the, like the um, like the body part of the vagina or whatever. Did he oh, steal yeah. that? Oh he yeah. From the doctor's oh, office I, I, oh I, for, I forgot to bring up that scene. How, how, how did I? How did I forget that? Yeah, he goes. He goes to the doctor's office, which is like it has a bunch of funny people, like Keckner. Cedric Cedric Yarbrough, who's a really underrated guy, he's on Speechless. He's really funny. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Did did he steal that? <laughs> he had to have, because there's no way he had that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> unless unless he bought one. It's, why would you do that? It raises more questions if you actually that's bought one of those. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Yeah. So uh, uh, Trish w- leaves, and he tries to chase you down on a bike, which. The whole time watching the scene, it's like street bu- car streets are for cars, not bikes. Get out the road, hippie. <laughs> uh, with the great musical accompaniment which is Asia. why you see why Steve Carell likes Asia so much you get the heat of the moment it was the heat of the moment <laughs> and I do and I do love like the like some actually like, impressive stunt work because he's going he cuts across to a street because I guess Andy knows these streets that well uh, he cuts across <laughs> he crashes into her car and there's a truck right there one of those like billboard trucks I think I think it's also for eruption if I'm not mistaken <laughs> Eruption. Yeah. yeah. He goes through. Mm-hmm. He goes like clean through the thing. <laughs> like lands on his back <laughs> at the side. Like that 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 part will always make me laugh. He's just like, Andy, okay, no, no, I'm all good. He's like, boy. Tom Cruise would have crashed through five billboards and still got up and walked away. <laughs> yeah, he would have <laughs> broke three ribs and been totally fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this is where it comes clean, where are just like, I'm like I'm a virgin. And yeah, because you know, has a nice lesson. Look, honesty, honesty is the best policy. It's a, it's a good, le- good lesson to teach. And yeah, it's I like her act where just like she didn't, she didn't care. And I think that hits on the biggest, uh, the biggest point of the movie where this isn't about sex. I mean, it's uh, it could have it could have happened for him a lot of time. But, like he had to get with the person like he was. He had to get with the person he loved. And I think that it's it, it, it's a it's a sweet ending to this love story. Uh, so in the next scene, they get they get married at an expensive ass wedding too. I'm not sure where this is. Maybe I, I can't tell, but it looked really nice. Well, they were over talking, and I guess he said that they had he had accumulated over half a million dollars by selling off his stuff. So he had five hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, figures or toys or memorabilia. So uh, just shows you parents buy your kids lots of toys and do not let them play with them. Keep them in the box. Yeah, it's- man. That's my, all my unopened Magic the Gathering cards are my retirement plan. <laughs> I, as much as this can get me, I got Star Wars figures like from back like when they re-released the um, original trilogy in like uh, what was it a nine I think it was ninety seven or whatever. 
I yeah. I have I have, I have a bunch of those in the figure I, figures in the box. I have massively fucked up because I I have a ton of Funko Pops. A ton, of, a ton of really cool ones too. Like I have one with like Boba Fett from the Star Wars Holiday Special, so it was like blue and yellow color scheme. But I've opened all of them. So. I take all my Funkos out, man. I don't do that stuff because you see so many YouTubers doing it with like they all these boxes, and I'm like. I could put these on a shelf real nice and like have them stacked up together. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, how how, how are they going to play with each other if they're if they're still inside the box? That's no fun. That's no fun <laughs> for them. Seriously, I have Hulk Hogan right next to uh, Superman from Man of Steel. I mean, come on. Yeah, they, they they can't have adventures together if they're still inside the box. No, they ironically, can. they, they can't. We've been making all of our pop toys uh, kind of social distance from each other. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were ahead of the game. <laughs> they were. Uh, so yeah, Andy and Trish get married. They go to finally consummate in the most realistic fashion. The first they they, they have sex once lasts a minute, which is hey l- longer than a lot of people last their first time. So props to you, Andy. That sounds like a little bit of a self defense chance. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say me. I'm just saying some people. <laughs> I, I I got a good minute thirty, so. I'm I'm proud to say I lasted the entire Ferris wheel ride. <laughs> oh, so, so 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 you so you did so you did it three times. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying when when and where on the Ferris wheel, but I lasted. <laughs> good, good job. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they do it. Next next one, they go for two hours, which damn stamina, good for you. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That's on the high side. That's very impressive. That's, that's extremely, that's extremely impressive. I was going to say, that's a huge step for somebody's second time having sex. Yeah. Like, seriously. That, I mean, I give, you like, I give you like 10 minutes maybe, if that. that that's, that's, like being, that's, like being a, like, that's like taking karate and going from breaking a board in your first lesson to beating up Bruce Lee in your second. Yeah. <laughs> and that's then, pretty accurate. In the strangest way this movie could possibly end, how, how else could it go instead of an homage to hair? Yeah, we it's get uh, Age of Aquarius, which is one of the most unexpected musical numbers I've ever seen in a film. But, God, it's catchy. God, it's, it's so catchy. beautiful. Yeah. And uh, w- w- with this, I-, I see a link between – because Apatow and Adam Sandler grew up you know, together and they were buddies. And so you kind of see just like a random ridiculous musical number in Billy Madison. And yeah. then it's like this takes it to – the umpteenth level where I think it's a very accurate representation of how if you were Steve, if you were 40 years old and you had finally lost your virginity to this beautiful woman that you met and you got lucky with, I think that's exactly how we all would feel. I think it's like the most, it, obviously it's, unex, it's unexpected, but it's also so logical to see that scene play out. Oh, I 100% <laughs> agree. And it, it, yeah, it's a nice, a surprisingly nicely done musical number. Let's, let's get Jed Apto to make a musical. Let's, let's get let's get that done. <laughs> you know what, King of Staten Island, be, reshoot the entire thing and make it a musical. It'd be better than Cats. It would be better than Cats. I agree. Yeah. This is true. Uh, and yeah, that's where the movie we hear "Let the Sun Shine In," and that's where the movie ends. So, uh, final thoughts from everybody. I'll start with uh, Mark. Final thoughts on Forty Year Old Virgin. All right. So I I teased the hot take about this movie and. My hot take that I've gotten in, in debates with, with – I don't want to out anybody because I'm not 100% sure who it was. But it's like people that I'm very good friends with remember when the movie was coming out, they thought that it was the worst 
movie poster that they had ever seen. And I think it's one of the best movie posters of all time for the simple reason that it is beautiful in its simplicity, but it also, a movie poster is supposed to advertise what the movie is, and it sells the entire premise of the movie with one glance. You know exactly yeah. what this movie is going to be, and I think it's just, so, more often than not, the the simple, the easy pass is the right one to make in sports, and that was the most simple way to sell this movie to the masses. And I think that poster is why that movie did so well. Yeah, no, it actually is like a really funny, I think it's great in its simplicity just because like you said, like it's just one, just one look. You're just like, you can automatically tell what kind of guy this guy is. And I think it does a great job conveying, you're right. It does a great job conveying what movie's going to be. And it's easy to remember though. Cause like the minute you think all oh, four year old virgin, all the poster, boom, you know what I mean? You yeah. know exactly the look. You're like, this guy looks like such a nerdy dweeb. You can easily see why this guy's four years old and still hasn't had sex. I mean, it's it's. I, I think it's perfect too. But since we got your thoughts on the poster, what do you think on the movie as a whole, Mark? Um, I I think it's hysterical. I, I think it it holds up for the most part. I think it's it's very rewatchable. Um, and it's really a testament to Steve Carell's ability as an overall performer that he was able to do this movie and embrace a thousand percent what this character was and not have that follow him around for the rest of his career. Because you could very easily just become that guy that looked like a 40-year-old virgin, and so that's where your career, and that's what we know you for. The next year, I think, he was in Little Miss Sunshine. And so just to show us the scope, and, and really, I think any agency in Hollywood should look at Steve Carell's career and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to try to do with my clients because everybody is going to be pigeonholed into something in in this town if you become a big name very quickly. And so for him to be able to tiptoe around that, I think, is super impressive. But the movie on a whole, I think it still holds up. And I think that a new generation of fans, if they have not seen it, if they've only seen that poster and giggled at it, go back and watch it because there's a lot to like. Yeah, Russell? Yeah, I did not catch this one in the theater, surprisingly, because I think this one came out, obviously, in 05. So I am about 22 at the time, so it really just never hit me. And I just I got it the one time when it came out on DVD. This is obviously before Blu-ray and all that fun stuff. Um, but, yeah, this movie, I, I liked it, you know, when it first came out. I just, I love, you know, this really helped, obviously, launch Judd Apatow into, you know, being such a great director that he is. Um, and it really just helped, you know, catapult Steve Carell's career, kind of what Mark was saying. Like, you look at where he came from and just, just what he's done since then, even like, you know, with his career, even like I, I would even throw in Foxcatcher as something completely out of the blue that you would never think Steve Carell would ever have done. Um, he easily could have been typecasted, you know, from then on, but he really hasn't. But this movie as a whole, I think it's just a really funny movie. It still holds up 15 years later. Um, you get such great performances from the supporting cast, like we said, with Paul Rudd, with Seth Rogen, Jane Lynch, you know, on and on. I'm I just everything about it feels natural. The chemistry between Catherine Keener and Steve Carell feels, you know, natural, doesn't feel rushed. Um, and it's just it's a really good film that you could uh, you could watch anytime. And just have there's so many good laughs in that film. But, yeah, so I, this is this is a really good film. I'm glad we actually got to talk about it. I, too, did not see it in theaters because. It was 2005, and I was seven, and that would have been really irresponsible to take me to see that movie. <laughs> oh, man, the age joke again. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I discovered this later, and yeah, I was shocked with how much I loved. This is my favorite Avatar film, I, and I've liked. I very enjoyed. I like the other one. I think Trainwreck is okay, but either like Knocked Up, I think is great. I like funny people quite a bit. Now, uh, is it just me, or do I think that like I always I've said this before to you. I don't know if I've said it to you before, Chance. I think I have. I always feel like Apatow's movies run fifteen twenty minutes too long sometimes. Sometimes yes, but I think this okay. one is actually just so a this one's good. And it's like this. Yeah, this this one I think is the perfect length. Yeah, like I said, Steve Carell's great. You can see why it became he became such a big name after this. Between this and The Office, like he was huge. Um, yeah, I think that this, this is actually my favorite. This is my ballot for our poll, and this is my favorite film of 2005. I think it's, I think it's a great unconventional coming of age story. I think it's hilarious, it's incredibly watchable, great cast, great direction, great writing. Yeah, it's just an all around fantastic fucking film, and I think that I'm glad we got to review it right here, especially with such a great guest. So that brings us to the end of our show so mark anything you thank you for joining us again man uh, really appreciate it anything you want to plug before we uh close out uh happy to be with you gentlemen this was fun it was a nice walk down memory lane of my early days in hollywood and um now i finally after moving out to la and doing every open mic in town dozens and hundreds of times i get to have a special on amazon prime so you can watch dog stepfather on amazon and um you can watch me announce Chances matches in the movie trivia showdown. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, have to, I don't have to plug that when I get there. Uh, Russell, you want to give our plug before we head out? Yeah, you can find us Notorious by Chance on Facebook as the group. We throw the polls up for you guys to vote on. Whatever wins, obviously, we talk about. Um, go ahead and join us. I think we're at like 336 members, so it's slowly growing, but we're proud of the you know the uh, you know, where it's going. And then uh, you can also find us on YouTube, Notorious by Chance where we've really been dormant, obviously, with this whole coronavirus. There's obviously no new releases to talk about, but we'll slowly get back into that sometime soon. And you have me on Twitter, Instagram, at ChanceWars underscore 91. Shmodown got plugged. Everything else got plugged. So uh, thank you for joining us. And I'm just going to close the show out by saying uh, be kind to everyone. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you to Mark for joining us once more. That's Russell and Chance, and we will see you next time. <laughs>